So Brian Kirby, the designer of the intro you're about to hear and the outro at the end of the show, asked me to read the following. Hey Ken, how do you spell iCup? That's rather easy, I can do that. I-C-U-P. Hey. Uncool, Brian Kirby. Uncool. Although, it, that all doesn't take away from the cool at shelflifeclothing.com. That is the t-shirts with the wonton western theme and the handover theme with a giant bat in the middle. All your all-over print t-shirts that you just debuted or skate decks or the belts or the fact that your t-shirts got on national TV. It doesn't take away from the cool that is shelflifeclothing.com despite you being uncool to me. I love you, man. Roll the thing. It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, King Who and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. And then Charlie Cho had sex in that movie for the fifth time, and he was awesome! <laughs> Did you watch it in your tidy whities of course, in, in my uh, in my stained tidy whities ah, front and good. back. Uh, that was yeah, that, that might have been a bit, <laughs> a bit too much, but yeah, yeah, sure. Ah, <laughs> uh, Charlie Cho, Charlie Cho, uh, my boy. <laughs> if if you were to do a Charlie Cho podcast, mm-hmm. what 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 would it be? I mean, I mean, you can always talk about here's the background of this actor. He did these movies, but you know, in your heart, what would it be? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I. That would be so hard to do a, a Charlie Cho podcast because you need visuals. Yeah. You know, you really need those <laughs> those category three visual. His his facial expressions while having sex. You need all that stuff. You know. Yeah. It's it's hard to describe. Have to do um, have to do an audio version and then put the images onto that kind of carefully and <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know this is how he looks when he gets a blowjob and this is how he <laughs> looks when he gets a blowjob without his glasses. <laughs> And this is what happens when uh, when he squeezes uh, milk out of a woman's breast for his <laughs> Into tea. Into his coffee cup, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's another podcast. So again, we're deep into matters here for episode three. But um, it's kind of apt that we talk uh, kind of sexy stuff, erotic mm-hmm. stuff, crass stuff. Ooh. Because we are looking at sex and sin. The, the classic, really. Uh, or one of the classics out there. Mm. So we'll get deep into this movie. Uh, balls deep. Balls deep into this movie yeah. and uh, horse penis fall <laughs> deep into this movie. Uh, maybe for two and a half hours again like the last show. But we'll, we'll see about that. We're going to have fun because this movie is fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're of course listening to This Week in Sleaze, part of the Podcast on Fire network that you can find on podcastonfire.com. One of five shows currently. First one being the original podcast on fire. We have Japan on fire. Guess what that is about? <laughs> we have commentary on fire. We have what's Korean cinema, and we have this week in sleeves, which is the fifth but not the last and least show. Everybody's worthy across the board, mm-hmm. and uh, you can contact the show via email podcastonfire at googlemail.com. You can join up the forum and have a good old discussion with us there podcastonfire.com/forum. 
also our respective Twitter accounts, mine is twitter.com at sogoodreviews, because I am the writer of sogoodreviews.com. You can also find the podcast on fire tweet at twitter.com slash podcast on fire and uh, speak with Stu and uh, hit us up with some feedback. And also you can see my video reviews at sleazykvideo.com. So that's me plugged out for now. Where are you on the web, King? Uh, you can find my blog, Bullets Over Chinatown, at in the mood for Guaylo dot blogspot dot com guaylo is spelled g w a i l o see king who photographs din- dinner <laughs> <laughs> thanks ken yeah okay <laughs> taking that shit out now <laughs> see king who photographs his dcd and dvd purchases <laughs> i don't take a picture of my penis so if you're looking for that you, you won't find it <laughs> You won't find Charlie. Just, just, just you, my you dinner and my uh, collection, yeah. <laughs> you, you won't find Charlie's penis either on, on, on that blog. But no, it's you, an old, you might find his pubic hair, not, not his penis. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it, 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 it's an excellent blog. And, uh, you know, to be Thank honest, you. to be very serious, you, you're coming to your own uh, now one year in you know, writing your blog. You found kind of an identity on the web. You found supporters, people that give you feedback and that yeah, appreciate yeah your stance on movies even though they won't agree with them always oh, that's yeah. absolutely exactly. wonderful I, I enjoy that I enjoy the, the the feedback it's limited feedback but I really really enjoy that and uh, you know you, you come into your own it really shows when you when you write you know uh, your oh, type you. of crass humor comes out I really yeah, dig that. yeah I, try to, I try to be silly I, I don't want to I don't want to be too stodgy or or um, scholarly I, I want to keep it fun because watching Hong Kong movies for me and collecting them is fun so I try to keep it that way, and I try to uh, bring that to my my writing. And these kind of movies are aren't usually up for scholarly like oh, analyzing. Sure. You know what I mean? No, no. Because you 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 don't watch Horn Police Woman and think, hmm, commentary. <laughs> so yeah, I can write commentary. a dissertation on this. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in the final reel because of the political state of China at the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's BS like that. Yeah. So keep at it. You're doing an excellent job. Oh, well, thank you, Ken. Righto, Sex and Sen. You've all heard the title, I'm sure, and there, there are loads of Sex and Sen, actually, that followed in the wake of this. So, And I'll explain what those are and uh, really what the background to a movie like Sex and Sen is. So, it's important to talk of, of what Cat Free is associated with. And uh, it, it's, for, for me, it makes a strong case for being a po- poster boy for adult Hong Kong cinema, at least, you know, period costume uh, movies. It really mm-hmm. is the po- poster boy, poster girl for ad- adult Hong Kong cinema. And it's Sex and Sand directed by Michael Mack. And it was released on the 30th of November in 1991 and eventually went on to earn close to 19 million Hong Kong dollars which is a lot I think. Yeah. <laughs> Especially people, for this kind of movie. People like tits? People what, like tits. What, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> you do? <laughs> and uh, therefore it. Uh, it, uh, it created uh, created lots more imitations and uh, mm-hmm. and good movies in their own right after this one. Uh, the the Sex and Sen series, I use that in quotation marks, itself would uh, it would uh, go into sequel territory in 1996 and 1998 in name only. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sex and Sen 2 and Sex and Sen 3. But you also have 
later on in I think around about 2000 or 2002 Sex and Sand the Prostitute in uh, Jiangnan and Sex and Sand Volume 3 and 4 <laughs> so so I, I gotta ask you that have you picked those up in your uh, in your excursions to Chinatown no no I have not I think they might be hard to find at least uh, you know in, in the, the stores that I frequent uh, they don't have those they, they have other straight to video shit but I haven't seen those and and this does sound like that they were, yeah yeah but based on the fact that they were made around about that time 2000 mm-hmm. 2002 and um, <laughs> based on the fact that there is a sex and Sen volume 3 despite there being a sex and Sen free <laughs> right so the, you 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 hear sloppy kind of tan tangents and aspects already there oh there was a free oh never mind yeah. you mean I mean there was a rape by an angel two rape by an angel fives right so, yes yes so, I have so both they, of them yeah. yeah so there you go so Whatever, uh, they're, they're probably not good, and I, I would still I would only recommend really to check out the one, two, and three, uh, yeah. and, and keep it yeah. at that. And again, it was part of the, as we explained in prior episodes, this trend of uh, soft core porn costume movie. And as I said, in the in the wake of this success in the nineties, many movies followed, but it wasn't the birth of the period sex movie. Uh, the birth of the idea of letting gorgeous women or not <laughs> in period <laughs> costumes also have sex. It actually cropped up before. And we, we're going to go deep into this later in the series, but I'm going to mention a few movies back in the Shaw Brothers era that uh, that are indicative of this trend as well. And one, of, one is the, in my opinion, classic Choi Yun movie, Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan, in 1972. And the other movie worth mentioning, although it's kind of uneven, is Li Han Xiang's Golden Lotus from 1974, which is, as with Sex and Sen, based on this uh, classic erotic novel called Jin Ping Mei, uh, translated as The Plum in the Golden Vase. And this was actually the uh, uh, the movie's Forbidden Legend, Sex and Chopsticks, were m- uh, based on this same uh, large book. So you you... You screened Intimate Confessions not so long ago, yeah? Yes, yes. What do you think of uh, it? No, I, I, you, you mentioned it, I think, in the first podcast that it, it was related to, uh, thematically anyway, to Naked Killer. Mm-hmm. And I had the VCD, so I checked it out uh, right away, and I, I dug it. I dug it. You were right. You were right. It uh, Thematically, um, with the, the uh, I guess, lesbian uh, angle, mm-hmm. it, uh, it is indicative uh, of uh, themes in Naked Killer. They even interview Clarence Fock on the uh, DVD of Intimate, Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan. So the connection oh, really? is not just something one came up with. It's right, something right. that they think is a valid one. But they oh, are cool. way different movies. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. There's no uh, like uh, pedophiles in chains <laughs> in no. Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan. <laughs> because that was Wong Jing's idea. <laughs> Maybe off-screen, but no, not on-screen, no. Exactly. But it's absolutely wonderful. One of those perfect, you know, beautiful Shaw Brothers movies Mm. drenched in perfect, beautiful Shaw Brothers blood as well. Yes. But but not because of the martial arts, because of the the end real violence, which is, oh my God, I absolutely (laughs) think it's mesmerizing because Cho Yun was a great visual artist as well. Mm. Uh, It might not be visible in all of his... uh, uh, sword play novel adaptations but you know check out this killer clans the likes of the bastard he, that he made uh, around about the same time as intimate confessions of a chinese courtesan really good drama uh, so 
veteran director was a villain in Police Story. For people who don't know who he is, he was the main villain in Police Story. He became an actor, uh, Choyun. <laughs> but and Golden Lotus, did you ever get a chance to see that? Oh, a long time ago. I right. I don't remember much. I saw a, an updated version of of a uh, Jinping May. I think it was directed by Lee Han Shang, actually. He did uh, Golden Lotus, Love and Desire. In yes, that was it. With uh, yes, yes, you're right, right. That was it. I saw that version, and I saw another Jinping May version around the the same year. I think. 96, 97-ish. Yeah, it's that uh, Jinping Mei that's split up into like six or seven movies, but also I available. I saw the first one, yeah. Yeah, but there's like an edit that I think... Oh, uh, it, it, it looked edited, yes. Yeah, that like tries to cram many movies in mm-hmm. one. Uh, I, I've seen that. It wasn't that exciting, actually. Uh, but okay. uh, same actor that was in Golden Lotus, Love and Desire, the, yes. the sleaze uh, Tan Lap Man, was, yes. uh, played the same <laughs> character, I think. Yeah, uh, he did. Uh, Golden Lotus is okay. It's not super great, but Shaw Brothers is always cool to look at. Jackie Chan has a prominent role during the first 20 minutes. I remember that, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, no sex scenes. He plays like this... Uh, boy on the street if you will that yeah. uh, notices the main characters you know wrongdoings but and he and he gets killed pretty quickly because he knows something he shouldn't and 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 that happens within 20 minutes people it's not like it happens at the end of the film <laughs> uh but but he did get like a prominent part not not like you know a walk past the com- camera kind of stunt guy part he, he got an acting part and uh i don't know it's a, it's a it's a valid movie in his career you know, I mean, I don't think he should look back and like, oh, I'm ashamed of that film because it was sexy. Oh, no, not at all. But moving on into the 80s and 87, we got to stop at 1987 and Ho Fan's visual masterpiece, uh, Yu Po Tuan, or Yu I think it's like a Chinese pronunciation, which is easy, easy for me to pronounce. <laughs> and this was released it's really confusing but i should mention that the, the first thing is that you poison two and sex and sen are based on the same novel and i'll explain what that novel is in a little bit but it's confusing because you poison two was released as you know without the two on mm-hmm. laserdisc and later apparently got re-released in 1996 also without the two which i realized just recently that the movie i owned is actually the second movie not the first, right, which right. is totally confusing because it's <laughs> on the print as well. There's no two on the print. So I only got it from like the longer Chinese title compared to Hong Kong databases, you know, shortest Chinese title for the first one. Wait a minute. And the cost list didn't match up either. So I was like, oops, I'd reviewed the wrong movie. But hey, I got two. <laughs> you know, now, now I got the sequel. Yeah, but I still don't have the one. Yeah, I wonder what the one is about because part two is the, the Sex and Zen story, the the the... the Pretty much the, the novel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure what one is about. Yeah, exactly. I would love to find out. So you've yeah. you got a mission. Oh, geez. Okay. Go, go to every Chinatown you know <laughs> and look for that. But be careful. You might pick up part two, despite Yes, <laughs> yes. you got to have the Chinese title with you on paper. Like, nah, that's the wrong one still. Yeah, point out. Do you have this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Porn? Yeah. Yes. All the way in the back. Yeah. So, but, but, but it, it's a really cool visual movie, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll share our brief views on that in a little bit. Uh, Ho Fan deserves to be mentioned as 
this, you know, d director with a flair for the visual and a flair for shooting sex and shooting women, and also in the way he was funny, you know, uh, all the way back in Girl with the Long Hair, and also in the Temptation Summary films, which showed a director, you know, being versatile. And uh, he's, uh, he's a director worth talking a lot more about on a separate podcast, if you will. Uh, because sure. he, he's an important figure, I think, without people realizing it. Yeah, definitely. Jump, jump ahead to 1990, 1990. A full year before Sex and Sen. And mm. there you have Nam Night Choi's erotic ghost story, which manages to provide... You know, an 11 million Hong Kong dollar take at the box office before the big, like, poster boy Sex and Sang came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, even the sequel to Erotic Ghost Story was released before the November before, yeah. premiere of Sang. So it's <laughs> like these kind of hidden but really cool movies, uh, in, in my opinion. And Nam Nai Choi is the director of Story of Ricky. Mm -hmm. and the cat and the seventh curse and her vengeance this really crazy cool crazy director yeah, yeah crazy as hell and i absolutely adore him and Me erotic, too. erotic ghost story is a fun typically you know hong kong erotica but also with a dash of the witches from eastwick which is off eastwick yeah yeah and uh I, I remember only good things about it including fucking amy yip Yep, Almost I, showing everything about 20 times throughout the movie. God yeah, damn it! I have a bone to pick with Amy Yip. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> Not even an insert of someone else's boobies. No. You know, just don't, don't hide behind that tree. Turn around. <laughs> damn it! But do, but but overall, do, do do you like that trilogy of films? That there actually was a trilogy of Rotigo. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I definitely do. I guess that was uh, taken. I guess from uh, a Chinese ghost story. It's kind of a riff on that. Uh, yeah, kind of that erotic yeah. uh, ghost story. So yeah, I, I do I do enjoy those films. They are good. It, it actually is kind of is a fourth movie in that series as well. Uh, in 1997, they came uh, this movie, Erotic Ghost Story, Perfect Match, came out. Uh, not that <sighs> good, but it has its sexy moments. But I think I've seen that. Was there like a bunny rabbit in that or something? Hell yes. Oh okay, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, it was alright. It was alright. Uh, Elvis Choice in it plays a monk. Yes, yes. And uh, it's rather painfully cheap, but uh, yes, not yes. too unsexy, though. But uh, not a four in that title. So you be the judge, you and the people, the public, if there is a trilogy or not. Make a, make a public poll on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and me and King will vote. <laughs> sure. So, again, connecting Ho Fan's 1987 movie to Sex and Sen, You uh, Point Sen, Two and Sex and Sand is very important because they are in fact the same story adapted for the screen, loosely based on the 1657 novel The Carnal Prayer Mat, which is uh, th there's very little information on this, uh, at least on Wikipedia. I didn't look further, but, but it, <laughs> it, it is an it is a rather famous or infamous Chinese erotic novel by 17th century author and playwright Li Yu. And it was banned at the time for its erotic depiction and based on what we see in these two movies. No wonder. <laughs> uh, and the movies really depicts the same story beats. One though, the 1987 movie in kind of a stoic serious way. And the other one in 1981, clearly not in a stoic and serious way at all. It goes its own routes while covering the same uh, beats. So... Let's just stop and briefly talk about your views. What, what do you remember by you, Poet Sen 2? Um, 
we push into is uh, well, said Hofan. Hofan, we know his background is in photography, and um, which it comes through in you push in because it's a beautiful looking film. There there are scenes that are just even though it's a cheap cheap movie, you can see you know, he stretches his dollar, makes the small sets, the small villages, the these these intimate uh, spaces like the bedrooms. He he films them so soft and beautifully, mm. and uh, it's that's the strongest point. Um, I guess uh, of Hofan is his his visual filmmaking, not his storytelling. Yeah. And you uh, Poitzen does um, does have a little bit of comedy in it, and I th- and uh, it just doesn't go full bore into comedy. It's more drama. It's more tragedy. Yeah. And uh, Sex and Zen covers the comedy. Uh, I guess takes it to like the the nth degree. You know, it goes yes. on to an eleven. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I I'm not that familiar with the the novel, The Carnal Prayer Map, but I, I do think it's supposed to be uh, satirical. So It I seems think... like that, because even though this is a stoic and serious movie, yeah. it, you, you know, it does have the the penis transplant scene yeah, in both yeah, yeah. movies. And the, the peni- yeah, they're both movies, and they're, and they're entirely different transplant scenes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. W- one actually did it, and one did not show it. One showed it, and one did not show it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're both, they're different animals, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, that's right. I, I, look, I want to. My question is, which which do you think is funnier? I, I guess I should mention that in Yu Poi Sun, uh, two, the the famous transplant scene. Uh, should I mention it now or later? Yeah, you can mention it now. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the, the the famous transplant scene. This guy's penis is so tiny that the doctor transplants a raccoon penis onto him. Yes. So, I did some research on raccoon penis. <laughs> I did. did. I looked up. I looked up images and that. Yeah, I looked up all that stuff. You know what? What is funnier? Because in Sex and Zen, the doctor transplants a horse penis onto Lawrence Ohm. So which is funnier? Having a man whose penis is so small that the doctor transplants another small animal's penis onto him. (laughs) You know, I think a, a, a raccoon's penis is only like four inches. You know, so that is hysterical in itself. It's funnier now. Yeah, <laughs> or or like the the visual sight gag of having a four foot horse cock on you, you know that it's it's a definite sight gag uh, for the for the film. But what what is what's funnier? I think they're both equally hilarious. I I love humor that is very very apparent and out there, and I love humor that kind of goes under your radar and kind of grows on you. You know what I mean? And I I look now on you points them. In a whole different light. It's like, uh-huh. ah, yeah, you're had, still I useless. Actually I actually typed in a Google, you know, raccoon penis size, and did my raccoon penis research. Yeah. No, I, no, I, no, no one walked in on you. What are you doing? No, Nothing. My, my pants are on. My pants. Are on. <laughs> oh my God! Animals, <laughs> king, animals. No. <laughs> the things I do, huh? <laughs> But, but I I fairly agree on the movie quality. It's uh, it's absolutely spot on visual tour de force. You know, making yeah. something out of basically nothing. And smoke and snow are Hofan's finest oh, deck of cards. Snow scenes are so damn beautiful. They're my favorite parts of the film. The snow scenes. It looks way too easy. To oh me. yeah. And, and it I you know I I get jealous about that sort of thing. I want to <laughs> do that. I but I can't. But you can see, like the, the the film is very it's it's cheaply made, because like in, in in scenes you can see the people's wigs glued to their head. Yes. 
You know, you can see like it's part of the, the their the wigs peeling off their scalp. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's kind of uh, uh, very cheap, but he makes it look so damn good. And and by the end, I mean we, we, we'll discuss the themes of this story when we get to Sex and Sam. But by the end, I think there's some really haunting imagery and actual meaning to the tragedy that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch like the final twenty. Minutes, it's 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 on on the nose kind of tragedy. I mean, uh, he's uh, he he loses his he loses his wife in a way I won't describe here, but and and goes insane essentially. But mm-hmm. but it's uh, and he uses slow motion and it works somehow. He uses cliched things, but cliches mm-hmm. aren't cliches when you use them well and put them into a context of a story that works. And I think like uh, the the final twenty or final fifteen minutes of this movie is. You know, I I I'm, I'm glued to the screen. I think this mm-hmm. is rather poignant. No, oh, yeah. Uh, but but an uneven film that doesn't have, you know, super super hell of a lot of story. No, 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 no. But uh, a good film in its own right. Shame, shame that it's kind of buried. But that's hap- that's what happens with Hong Kong cinema. Classics are buried on VHS and VCD and Laserdisc, mm-hmm. and that, that that's not the fault of the movies. That's just the way Hong Kong cinema goes. There were too right. many movies to keep track of, to transfer to DVD and all that stuff. And, I think uh, this is, is well worth uh, seeking out. Definitely well worth seeking out and, and trying to find it. Uh, and uh, they might be online. You can try online. They might, you know, yeah. torrent site might have it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this is just this is great, great stuff. So we we're passing Sex and Sam for a little bit. Uh, because in the wake of the formation of the Category 3, you of course got modern day sex movies and violent exploitation uh, such as Dr. Lamb as we discussed on the last show, but in terms of period sex movies in the wake of Sex and Sand I find it hard to find movies of that quality you know, you, you can find a hell of a lot of period sex movies, mm-hmm. uh, entirely forgettable ones, uh, with a lot of, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, a lot of unattractive women shot <laughs> no, in a very geez. unattractive way with yeah. a stationary camera shot in five days or what have you and yeah. on, onto the cinema you go because you could get into the cinema <laughs> but the most memorable ones are the likes of a Chinese torture chamber story mm-hmm. which is probably the one that can stand the most proudly next to Sex and Sen in my opinion because it's cr- fucking crazy <laughs> crazy <laughs> sex scenes crazy sex toys cruel torture because it yes. it corresponds to that title believe me sweet romance and comedy and and of course the most classic scene in a Chinese torture oh, story is the one people have seen the most but probably don't know what the movie is and it's the Elvis Choi Julie Lee Kung Fu flying sex scene which <laughs> that's is that's everywhere yeah it, it, it's a tour de force in every area in my opinion mm-hmm. Uh, technically, on, on a creative level, in terms of conveying humor, because it is a humorous kung fu flying sex scene, it's absolutely mm-hmm. not supposed to be serious I, in context or out of context. It's absolutely the way you perceive it when you see it. And it's uh, incredibly graphic and uh, just fantastic. And, and that's the way I got, you know, wind of a Chinese torture chamber story. Someone sent me a link. What is this movie? <laughs> and I didn't know at the time, so I I, I had to ask, uh, you know, what is this movie? And on on that path, I, I went. It wasn't the first Category 3 I watched, but it's certainly one that I remember the most. Mm, yeah, I didn't watch it until a few years ago, actually. I watched one and two back-to-back a few years ago. So, I mean, I knew it was there. I'd seen the famous flying scene, and uh, I had it in my collection. I just uh, 
I didn't get to it until until a few years ago. And I'm glad I did. I, I think that movie, you're right, it, it, it should stand by uh, uh, Sex and Zen as kind of ten poles of, uh, so to speak, of, of this genre. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 crazy. Some crazy shit goes on in there. And it's well made, you know. It, oh, de- yeah, definitely well made. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, cheap tools that manages to be kind of creative in a lucky way. They're, they're actually, you know, via the director Bosco Lam and via the mm-hmm. producer, famous Wong Jing. Wong Jing. You, you got yeah. some cool stuff in this movie, yeah. and it's a brutal movie too. Oh yeah. Uh, the torture chamber. Uh, the various torture methods, rather, that they showcase in the trailer, they are pretty much in there, you know, things <laughs> stuck under your nails. Ah, uh, yeah. And I can't uh, watch that stuff, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. squeamish with that stuff. Yeah, well, Anything well, with the eyes and the nails, I can't have to turn away. It, it, but, but, but they push the buttons, you know. It, oh, really, yeah, yeah. It, it really doesn't matter if you're sensitive to that or not. They actually push the buttons for everyone, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are tough scenes to take. Some of them cut, but the intention still comes through big right, time. Right. But uh, and and the second one, Chinese Torture Chamber Story Two, is way different, a lot mm-hmm. more serious, but still very, to me, memorable and rather brutal. It's uh, it's it's the same story as Chang Chia's Blood Brothers. It's uh, although done more cheaply, but it's the same story. So if you want to watch Blood Brothers and the Chinese Torture Chamber Story Two, you'll see. The similarities, but they are way different movies. Chang Chia's there's, movie. There's TNA in uh, in uh, Torture Chamber Story too. So and uh, harsh use of a paintbrush. Yes. <laughs> and I'm talking harsh use. This is not as funny as in Sex and Sun. Not as funny. <laughs> no. But uh, in short, uh, did you get on with part two at all? I did because I I can watch anything that Mark Cheng does. I can watch Mark Cheng fucking brush his teeth, and I'm on board. <laughs> oh, I love right. Mark Cheng. I think he's um, him and Roy Chung are probably the, my, one of my uh, two of my favorite Hong Kong actors. I can watch anything they do. Great and, faces, eventually. Oh, de- definitely, definitely. And uh, there's uh, a female actress, um, well, female actress in uh, part two, Young Fan, who I first noticed in a movie called Indecent Woman. It was a Category 3, um, kind of a uh, sexy female revenge flick from uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is in uh, Part 2, and I just adore her. She She's had a, in you know... uh, Bullet in the Head as well. She, oh, really? She plays the girl that uh, Tony Long Chui wants to take away from uh, from Vietnam in the nightclub. Oh, shit. Yeah, wow. That's her. Good, and she has, this, Thank uh, you. she has this wonderful sad face. You know, uh, yeah, I think she's. I think she's gorgeous. She is a. Uh, what, what I'm going to talk about later in Sex and in Sex and Zen is uh, she's like a, a, a real woman. You know what I mean? Natural beauty, mm-hmm. hourglass uh, figure. You know, there's not a not anorexic stick figure. She's just so sexy and erotic, and uh, I really dig her. And uh, I was I was glad that she was a part of this movie. It made me enjoy it uh, a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yeah, she's good. She's very good. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, rounding off again the movies that came in the wake of Sex and Zen. More Wong Jing to mention. Um, he produced uh, the Andrew Lau directed Lover of the Last Empress, which is mm. not a good movie, by the way. It's an overlong, boring, so called classy uh, mm. costume drama with uh, Ching Miao as the Empress Dowager. Although it has the scene of <laughs> Yurong Guang's uh, god, if you will, beating the sperm out of Ching Miao, <laughs> which is incredibly disturbing and very Wong Jing. And Ugh. Very offensive, and you have a shot where of the sperm running down her legs. <laughs> it like splats the floor too, I think. 
And it's all due to, uh, they always ask the emperor, Yurong Guang in this case, do you want to save it after he had sex with where he had sex with that evening? And he says, I yes or no to her, he says no, and they beat the sperm out of her. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> not cool, but man, is it memorable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Wong Jing, Andrew Lau, not cool. No. <laughs> Uh, was it, uh, I think I saw the, uh, the cut version. Are there an uh, extended version and a cut version? Uh, there is a two-hour Taiwan version that I Holy watched. Holy shit, uh, two hours? Yeah. The, 90 the, minutes was way more than enough for me. Yeah, it was Holy not, shit. not good. Had, you know, impressive uh, sets and costumes and all of mm-hmm. that, but didn't work. And uh, Two hours, shit. Yep. Th- that's what they, you know, that that's why they tried out Taiwan sometimes first as testing ground mm-hmm. and then cut it down for Hong Kong release. Yeah. But uh, not a movie I need to rewatch. I, I have the clip uploaded on uploaded on my YouTube account of that scene we just discussed. <laughs> that that's all I need to watch if I want to watch it. <laughs> so we're in 1996 too, and it's worth mentioning that that's the time when Sex and Sand 2 came out, mm-hmm. and it's uh, directed by. And when I say fan favorite, it's probably you and I who are fans. Yes, yeah. Of uh, Cash Chin Mankei, mm-hmm. genuinely t- talented director. And he put uh, Xu Kei in one of her first starring roles via this mm-hmm. film. And uh, this is a movie I didn't like many years ago, but I think I will like when I rewatch it. So so, so I can't say more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. w- what's your brief take on Sex and Sand 2? It's uh, oof, it's a, it's different than Sex and Zen One, so I think people who who are fans of Sex and Zen One will uh, maybe be taken aback because it goes a different route. It's a little bit more uh, fucked up because I think Wang Jing's inclusion, uh, I don't want to say fucks it up, but uh, it's it's just different. Uh, Xu Chi plays a like an alien or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, and she's like she is I guess like like a changeling because she's like a male alien who changes into Xu Chi. But uh, it's it's it starts off uh, comedic. There's even like a I think there's a, a penis transplant scene, like reminiscent of part one, uh-huh. but it's entirely different. And uh, I guess it's more famous for the Shu Chi Loletta Lee uh, sex scene. And uh, I'd watch that any day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I probably need to give it another shot because I yeah, it, yeah. I, I I wasn't accustomed to or really into those movies at the time. So, so, so I'll, I'm definitely going to give this a rewatch, based on the fact that I know so much more of Cash Chin via his movies now, right. and as a genuine fan of him. And yeah. I uh, still enjoyed it. I think it's, I still think it's a good movie. Yeah. Definitely. And and third one I remember very little of, but mm. but I thought it was tolerable. That's all I remember of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's pretty much TNA. It has nothing to really do with the first uh, two, and it's just it's pretty much TNA. That's I it. Mean, I mean, it, it's the market name by that point. I don't yeah. think they were channeling the Carnal Prayer Mat by that point. No. Like the only constant in all three of them are sex, nudity, and I think Choi Kam Kong is in all three of them. Yeah, yeah I think so. It's so one that's the only I, don't, I don't remember him in three. That must mean he wasn't too memorable. Uh, good old, no, good old no. Elvis. He had a memorable death scene where his dick kind of explodes blood into his girl's face, and Sweet. that was <laughs> that was that was probably it. And I I think there was actually. Uh, full frontal male nudity in part three as well, which is rare. In, that, that's in, very rare. I, I yeah. remember you mentioning that on, on one of the earlier podcasts, and, and and you're very right, it is rare. I remember another example, and it was in the drama Bravo of Darkness, where, yes. where you, 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 you see an, an impotent Hugo Um 
mm-hmm. you know, look at it, it's useless, and it's a dramatic <laughs> moment. Yeah, know, right, right. And it's actually, I think it was a moment that was cut on Pride Prince because the Universe DVD of Brother of Darkness has footage assembled from a little bit here, a little bit there, and that particular scene has you know, uh, degraded print qualities. I think they try to reassemble a little bit more than complete version, wi- mm-hmm. wi- which is effort I appreciate. Uh, and in that case, including the male um, nudity, it's not like fucking close up, you know. <laughs> but, well, but this one is close up. This is a full frame shot of a of an a, a black man's penis. It's a full frame close up in your face, no avoiding it. <laughs> in your it. face. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's like a 3D man. It would be poking you in the, in the, in the eye. But yeah, it's it it caught me off guard, you know. And, and it's it's kind of funny because uh, uh, the scene, if I if I remember, it's like uh, the the mama-san uh, trying to teach these three you know young burgeoning prostitutes you know the, the ways of of uh, of prostituting, I guess. And uh, they whip this this African guy, this this black person out, and his penis is just like bam in your face, and all the girls kind of like recoil in disgust. So it was it was kind of as as awkward and 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 funny at the same time. Viva la Wong Jing! <laughs> yeah. He knows what he's doing. Jeez. Yeah, it's um, it's guilty pleasures in a way. Yeah, yeah. And way more tolerable than low budget shit. Like uh, I not me- I've not mentioned because I couldn't find any like good examples of low budget shit because they are probably you know they deserve to be forgotten. Oh yeah, the you know shot on I mean? video stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a there's a ton of period piece shot on video shit. I have yeah. noticed that in Chinatown. There's oh, a ton Emperor, that I bypass. Uh, Emperor in Lust is probably the more recent example. I re- oh, I God, reviewed yeah. that two hours shot on video. <laughs> oh my God. Better and, you than me. Jeez. Yeah, I reviewed that in writing. I video reviewed that, and who cared? Probably no one. But I I, 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 I can't afford to myself. Why not? I Why cared. not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> And, you and took what, a hit for the team, yeah. <laughs> it was a bad movie to boot. <laughs> two, two hours, holy crap. Right, oh, rounding off uh, this uh, in the wake of Sex and Sand theme, we stop still at 1996, and we, we got we to mention, because we, we mentioned Elvis Choi a whole lot, and he would be able to play Elvis Choi in a movie, in an award-winning no- and nominated movie, and it's Derek Yee's and Lord Chi Lung's Viva Erotica. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes of the Category 3 movie, starring Leslie Cheung, Xu K in the award-winning role. I think it was a Best Newcomer, Best, best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Yeah. And Elvis Choi playing playing himself, and he was nominated for that role. And it's a kind of a fun, uh, more classy-looking mm-hmm. uh, look at the behind-the-scenes shenanigans of the Category 3 movie compared to Temptation Summary 2. Right. Uh, I, I enjoy it. It's, uh, she, is, she is so sweet in that movie. And funny, Shuke. Uh, oh yeah, I, I think she's, um, you know, outside of her nudity stuff. I think she's a great actress, and I'm, I'm glad that she has moved on and has been able to break out of that, uh, that pigeonhole, that category three pigeonhole, so to speak, yeah. and become uh, a, a legitimate actress. Because I think she's wonderful. She's not only good looking, but she can act. And uh, yeah, I, I, she, I dug the movie as well. She showed that early. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that movie. Love is not a game, but a joke. Mm-hmm. She's really good in that. Uh, plays uh, plays police officer that looks for her ex-boyfriend and has a one of the most heartbreaking crying scenes uh, in any movie. Uh, set to the famous Beyond song that I don't know the title of, but it's a famous song by Beyond. It, it can be heard in My Heart Is That Eternal Rose. If people have seen that, it, that it features prominently in in that movie. 
and also she won an award for Portland Street Blues, the Young and Dangerous mm. spin-off. She played a drug right. addict, which is award-winning stuff automatically, of course. But oh, sure. she she's good, and she I I loved to see her develop into you know a legitimate actress early. It didn't take mm. ten years. No, the no, year right after she won her first award of the same year as Sex and Sin too. She won her first acting award. Mm. So there you go. It's uh, the Hong Kong Film Awards are not like the Oscars are not usually like spot on with their choices but in terms of her nominations and awards I think uh, it's very much deserved sure definitely and uh, Viva Rotica is, uh, is still a fun little uh, little movie it's a bit arty at times but still overall uh, fun and uh, watching Elvis Choi play play himself essentially he's, yeah. his character in movies you know it's great because he is a great actor so I think Elvis Choi is a great actor oh I agree, actor. I agree. definitely and uh, big presence if you will <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the basic you know what happened during Sex and Sen and after Sex and Sen and we're going to take a short break now and discuss a few of the characters cast and crew connected to Sex and Sen from 1991 so be right back after some English dub extracts from Sex and Sam. Nice. So enjoy that. Well, let me ask you this. This self-portrait suggests that your penis is very large. How large? Uh... Not bad. Uh, how about your endurance? About half a stick of incense? Much more than that. I can go a whole stick. When I eat oysters. Yeah. So before we go into our views on Sex and Sand, which uh, we will have plenty to discuss, we, uh, I always feel it's important to set up the uh, the movie context and therefore talk of the people behind it. That uh, might not be mentioned because people remember a whole lot of crazy stuff from the movie, but not it's the people who made the crazy stuff and was in the crazy stuff. So we'll start with the director, Michael Mack. And I say Michael Mack with that emphasis because uh, he's part of the Mack brothers, if you will. The other being Johnny Mack. And uh, M- Johnny Mack directed the first long arm of the Law movie, mm-hmm. which was a series that Michael Mack took over. He directed Saga 2. It was Long Arm of the Law, Long Arm of the Law Saga 2, Long Arm of the Law 3, and Underground Express was the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And concluded in 1990, as far as I know. And later on, after Sex and Sand, he directed the crazy New Way Wucha effort, Butterfly and Sword, with Michelle Yeoh and Donnie Yen, Tony Lung Chiu Wai, and a whole bunch of funny looking hats. <laughs> And later on, the uneven political action thriller The Island of Greed with uh, Tony Lungafai and Andy Lau. Mm-hmm. And based on looking at that rather sparse filmography, in my opinion, Sex and Sense stands out as his best movie. Oh, the definitely. One that, the yeah. one where he made a mark. Mm-hmm. Even though Long Arm of the Law, the, all of the movies are... Solid. Yeah, they're solid. The first yeah. one is great. Yeah. And uh, I regret that Johnny Mac didn't direct... A whole lot more because he had such an eye for uh, eye for it, <laughs> if you will, uh, eye for the grit. Yes, definitely. Uh, but Island of Greed is just, um, you know, uh, I I don't mind a political movie, but when the action takes over, it turns into a political movie with a helicopter chase at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I don't know about this. So it was I, okay. I, yeah, it was, it okay. was okay, but I forgot about it quickly. Definitely. Uh, None of the Macs are on 3D Sex and Sand Extreme Ecstasy, 
no. which may be out by this point when you listen to this in, in April. But the connection is strong between 3D Sex and Zen and Sex and Zen because the producer, Stephen Sue or Choi, mm -hmm. was the original producer on the 1991 movie and also the long of, of the lore movies that Michael Mack directed. So uh, <laughs> if you watch, uh, if you have access to on-set photos of Sex and Zen, and there, there are a whole bunch of them on the German DVD, you can see Michael was clearly into directing the movie, you know, full on. But I'm not talking, you know, let me let me show you how to do this sex scene, Amy Yip. <laughs> no, he he's seen simulating sex with Elvis Choi. Really? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, you know, the famous scene where he goes up in the chains. Oh, know, yeah, yeah. It's essentially Michael is in there and, you know, it, it gave me a different uh, view of Michael as, uh, you know, he looked so enthusiastic. When cool. making sex and sand in his shows, so good, good to know. What's your take on Michael Mack role as director? Um, I agree with you that Sex and Zen has to be his his uh, best movie. Um, I don't think of him, I guess, much as as a as a director, because um, I've seen. Have you seen the shootout? Yep. Yeah, I thought that was turd. That was awful. I guess it was a misfire. Um, so after that, I kind of put Michael Mack in in my rearview mirror. So, and I, I've seen all the stuff like the uh, the Long Arm of the Law series, uh, of course, Sex and Zen, Butterfly Sword, and Island of Greed. But uh, I think his best work was done late '80s, early '90s, and I think ending with with Sex and Zen, and may, may, maybe Butterfly and Sword because that, that's a fun movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, whenever I say Mac, any Mac uh, out of these two on on a movie, I I, I don't get super excited really. No. Uh, and uh, that's just the way it is, even though they made solid movies, which filmmakers should be proud to have solid movies on their resume, but it doesn't like, ooh, him. Mm -hmm. I liked him. You know, But but right. if, if you'd only seen Sex and Sun and nothing else, then that would be kind of cool and maybe a bit disappointing right, that he right. didn't do, like, more of these. You know, he, you know if, if you watch a Chinese torture chamber story and knew nothing of the cast and crew, it's like, this looks like Sex and Cell. Maybe Michael Mack directed it, but it was Bosco Lamb, another solid director in his own right. So um, that's uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about Michael Mack. Amy Yip, one of the female leads. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll explain why I like her and a little bit of background about her, but but I think it's only fair for you to vent first about Amy Yip oh, in whatever way you please. You, I you, have had, a bone, you had a bone to pick with I her? had a bone, yes. Quote, unquote, a bone to pick with Amy, Amy Yip. Um, I enjoy Amy Yip. I think she's a great actress, you know, and um, the, 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 the tits thing always irked me because she never full-on showed her breasts. And, they, you know, they call that the Yip tease. Hmm. Now, my, my, my bone to pick, so to speak, is you have these big fake breasts. That's your claim to fame. Yes. How dare you not show us your breasts? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you keep those hidden? You know, they're obviously fake boobs, so you had to get them augmented and go through that pain and, and, and surgery and, and whatnot. And then you don't even show us? Come on. Come on. And, like, uh, you know, uh, Diana Peng Dan is like the poor man's Amy Yip. Mm -hmm. She has big natural breasts, but she fucking did the same thing. She wouldn't show us. Full on. <laughs> You know, and that always pissed me off. But that, that's my bone to pick with Amy Yip. I think she's a fine actress. I think she's a very funny actress. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I, I guess between her and, and uh, Peng Dan, Peng Dan's like the, the poor man's Amy Yip. I would prefer Peng Dan because she's kind of a, maybe a little sluttier. 
than any of them. Yeah, she has like a little, uh, like a snaggle tooth. Here you know, comes like, the scholar views. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy Yip is more like matronly. You know, she's not, not I wouldn't say sexy, but she's a, a, an attractive woman, but more matronly. I'd say Peng Dan is more like slutty, sexy. All right. You know. But okay, that, that, that's my bone to pick with, uh, with Amy Yip and her humongous cans. It's um, <laughs> the, the, because she went to the lengths she did to get have them hidden mm-hmm. her breast it's kind of that you know it's not like she showed a little bit of cleavage right you know erotic ghost story is the prime example really where like the angles are perfect right. to correspond to the yip tees, and it gets it gets tired after a while you mm-hmm. know that's all you know oh amy yips in the film you know you know you're not gonna go you're not gonna see any anything you know any any tit <laughs> yeah but uh and it gets tiring because they go to these great lengths to just show the side of her boob without the nipple Mm-hmm. You know, come on already. You know, a, a couple of times it's it's all right, but it it, it gets tiring. And Sex and Sen actually features uh, inserts uh, of mm. someone else's uh, right uh, fake boobs. Yeah. So, uh, but 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 it's not as annoying as in erotic ghost story, if you will. Uh, they, they do it a bit more mm-hmm. smoothly, if you will. If you didn't know that she she was the yiptees, if you will, yeah. then uh, then you probably would have thought, ah, oh, she took her clothes off in that movie. Mm-hmm. So. You know, uh, and all the, that, that nonsense about the triads forcing her to show her tits and sex and zen. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stories out there, <laughs> yeah. of course. The the story for her, you know, she I I always like that he she was one of those actresses that managed over a limited career span of uh, 87 to 94, 95 circa. She managed to create. A big reputation, literally, yeah, of course. But yeah. she she did manage to create a reputation and also take part in cult classic movies during a golden period of Hong Kong cinema in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously known again for, for her bust than anything else. But, uh, although I do agree, she she has acting chops and co- comedic yes. chops. Yes, definitely. And uh, <laughs> pretty much 80-90% of her movies would play up the fact to various creative and cheap degrees that, you know, she had big be- breasts. Yeah. So jokes were structured around that, and she, she was game for that. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she, she came came up through ATV, the acting classes in ATV, apparently, and after graduation was signed to Golden Harvest and uh, pre-category free work. And she is in, she, she's the busty uh, cop squad girl in Inspector Westcott 2. Which is a shit movie, but they they do structure a finale joke around her bust, and that's as creative as they got, <laughs> you know. But but she 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 was game, and she 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 had a spunk about her, if you will, you know. Um, <laughs> not 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 a pun, you know. She she she, she was spunky. <laughs> yeah. But I I love her though in uh, Wilson Chin's Ghostly Vixen. Oh yeah, that's a good you one. Remember that? Yeah yeah. The evil, she plays the evil girl, supernatural ghost, Livixen, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and it's one of those, like, cool, energetic Hong Kong uh, comedies yeah. starring Nat Chan. <laughs> and still it's, you know, Wong Jin's best best friend forever, uh, Nat Chan. And still it's w- way, way more funny than most of, like, supernatural comedies from Wong Jin, if you will. It's... Yeah. Uh, it's one of those cases when Hong Kong cinema injected terrific energy into their 
ghost and supernatural genre efforts. Yeah, I really dig that that era of, of storytelling that's uh, really energetic. Mm-hmm. Love that stuff. And and it's directed by the Inspector Westgard's uh, director, Welson Chin, and he found his voice in more more akin to this genre, not the mm-hmm. cop comedy genre, but more akin to this genre, and made subsequent like movies like Thou Shalt Not Swear with uh, Lao Ching Wan, Michael right, Chow. Right. Uh, solid little ghost uh, ghost comedy. But uh, as you said, she became known for almost showing everything on screen. Almost. Almost. Almost yeah. everything. <laughs> and and the term, you know, Yip is pretty much s- sums that up. And uh, and uh, erotic ghost story sh- should really drive people mad in that regard. <laughs> uh, and Sex and Sand, as I said, has inserts of someone else's breasts. Yeah. A bit more well done in terms of... Um, editing right but one movie i haven't seen and i'm looking forward to it. i keep forgetting it but i should get it is robotrix oh you haven't seen that no not yet oh okay yeah it's, that's that's another fun one wow yeah i mean she plays a busty busty robot that uh, <laughs> she I don't plays know a busty she, anything yeah i don't know if she she's she's not evil in the film or, or what's no the deal? no she wasn't evil. it was she was it was she was silly she's a she's a sight gag you know, that's that's her, I guess, claim to fame is just being a sight gag. You know, her her tits are are Amy Yip. You know, Even if they're robotic or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a fun uh, fun time. Robotics. Oh yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I guess it's classic because um, Amy Yip is in it. You know, and there is sex and nudity. But uh, it's I guess it's uh, I wouldn't put it up. You know, as a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she did go into dramatic into drama, dramatic territory. She was allowed to did okay. I mean, I I like Queen of Underworld. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily due to her performance, but that the movie is rather crazy and graphic, despite not being category three. Mm-hmm. It has some really harsh stuff in it, and and it's that that review and movie that I, I read the John Charles quote that. Maybe it's due to Wong Jing's influence in the industry. He did produce it. That this movie could slide underneath for free. Okay, I get uh, that. And uh, it's probably not untrue, especially at this time when Wong Jing was really prolific and a box office draw. Oh yeah. In, in itself, and could make you know crowd-pleasing movies, uh, comedies, or exploitation. And uh, f- uh, furthermore, uh, China Dolls is another um, drama. She plays a mainland immigrant who's forced into prostitution. That classic cliche kind of thing. That old chestnut, yeah. Yeah. Uh, co-starring Lam Ching Ying, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. she, she got to act against a legend, which is uh, always a nice little uh, touch on your resume. But the, ca- the, the best cameo in the world in any movie comes via Amy Yip, and it's in Blue Jean Monster. <laughs> And uh, you know, I, I can never explain properly the crazy stuff in the in these movies. So, in short, uh, could you summarize what what said what essentially she is up to in this movie? If you um, remember, I I don't remember fully, but I know uh, she has some leakage from her her massive chest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's about all you should say. It's a wonderful cameo in uh, a wonderful movie in in itself. Uh, Ivan Lies, mm. Blue Jean Monster, starring Xing Foyon as a cop that dies but comes back to to exact revenge, but also to <coughs> excuse me see his wife uh, give birth to his son or his uh, child, That's which makes movie. it a crazy-ass creative movie and kind yeah. of a movie with heart as well. 
and the rare sight of Ching Fuyon as a lead. Yeah. And this movie is available finally on Hong Kong DVD by uh, Joy Sales and also VCD. So go out and get Blue Jean Monster. It's an absolute cracking, unique Hong Kong film in many regards. Do you have any bones to pick with Elvis Choi? No. No, I think Elvis Choi. Good. Good. Even no. though you like associate him with playing brutes and baddies. Not Elvis. at all. He, he does it with gusto. You know, he, like you said in uh, Viva Erotica, he he got to play himself in in that movie. He, I don't want to say he's pigeonholed like it, like I said, Amy Yip uh, is pigeonholed as uh, just a big-breasted sight gag. Mm-hmm. But Elvis Choi is he's he is an actor. He can act, even though we mostly associate him with Category Three film. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's an imposing figure. He's a uh, just a, a, a brute, you know, or a brute-looking man. And uh, no, I have no 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 bones to pick with uh, with Elvis, and a great name too, Elvis, Elvis the King. So uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a fitting name. There, there was a kind of a not a wonderful interview with him at HK Cinematic. It's it's a great interview, but he wasn't very talkative apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they tried to like squeeze things out of him. You know, what I think was I read it like that. Yeah, yeah. Doing doing these movies, uh, how, how did you feel? How was the direction? I only did as the director said. <laughs> And he, so it wasn't one of those like people that wanted to talk about his his art extensively. Right. That's fine. Uh, sure. That's fine. An aura of mystery is always cool with uh, actors. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to know every nook and cranny about uh, filmmaking and actors. But what we know of Elvis Choice, he gradu- graduated with an arts degree in uh, in the mainland, and has uh, doubled in uh, dabbled in photography and even modeling. But, but you know, prior to all these. Uh, these movies, Sex and Sand, he, if you saw him in movies, you didn't think brute necessarily. He was this mm-hmm. kind of thin, thin guy that, you know, when you think modeling, probably not unsuitable for that job. He, he's not like a Brad Pitt or anything like that. No. But, but you, you can see him in uh, various bit parts in, uh, for instance, the Shaw Brothers uh, classic uh, comedy by Lau Garlung, uh, The Lady is the Boss. He play, I, I don't remember exactly the, the role, but I remember him you 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 almost think to yourself, was that Elvis Choi? <laughs> I think it is. He was not instantly recognizable, and it's not due to you know the lack of facial hair, but he's young and not yet that, sold out. Yeah. yeah, and not that much of an expressive actor yet. And uh, but he often quotes, despite appearing in movies, <laughs> that Michael Max Long Arm of the Law Saga Two as his being his first movie, but. It's his first lead role, anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's part of the mainland uh, robbing gang who are brought in to act as undercover agents for police. So they change the story from the first one into that instead, rather than right. reprising the first one that was mainland thieves and robbers go to Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a great movie in itself, but uh, you know that template, I think, was used in other movies, not called Long of the Arm of the Law, mm-hmm. over and over again, because it was a set template. Yeah, but the uh, big, so, big circle gang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, but Saga Two expanded on that, and it's one of the more solid Michael Mack movies for me uh, after Sex and Sin. If you think of his other work, but obviously cemented a large part of his reputation by appearing in Category Three movies such as uh, Sex and Sin, where he's this big intimidating force. Really, <laughs> that's what he's, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's an asshole, absolutely yeah. an asshole. That character, as in 
you point Zen 2 is not very sympathetic at all. No, not at all. And uh, it's really one of the essential roles, though, to see what Elvis is capable of on film. Uh, again, this brute force, this tornado of a of a man uh, with a big penis as well. But yeah. he didn't need to have a <laughs> penis transplant. <laughs> no. And uh, he's, uh, again, part of the husband-wife team having kung fu sex in the forest in Chinese Torture Chamber Story 2. Mm. A great little uh, bit part, supporting role kind of thing. Uh, and last but not least... <laughs> Possibly the image that people think of <laughs> when thinking of Elvis Choi. What is that, King? As uh, literally a dickhead yes. <laughs> in uh, the eternal evil of Asia. Yes. <laughs> still with his mustache? Yeah, yeah, still with his mustache. And does he like pee on himself too? It, when he laughs, I think he like is <laughs> pees uh, out of his head. Yes. You know, yes. Because the, 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 the pee hole is on top of his head. <laughs> And it's absolutely wonderful. Done by Cash Chin, Cash that's we discussed. Yeah. Eternal Evil of Asia. He's a, he's a victim of a black magic. <laughs> uh, rob asshole magic, to be honest. <laughs> but but he, he deserved it because he you know he, he brings it on him, himself. But uh, he almost, t- later in the film, I, I'm dying to rewatch it, but later on the fi- in the film, he, always look, he almost looks like a pinhead. He, uh, Hellraiser's pinhead. Oh, I think I do remember that, yeah. Uh, for for whatever reason, uh, he looks a bit more vicious than mm-hmm. the goofy side, the, that is the, the dickhead. <laughs> and and you, you can see that image in the background banner at my site, sogoodreviews.com. Uh, Brian Kirby did that image and he hid, not very subtle, in a subtle way, uh, Elvis dickhead. <laughs> Man, that's... Ah. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful movie. Uh, yeah. Done at the absolute right time, 1995. Uh, mm-hmm. well, well, a little bit after the yeah, prime period, but yeah. man, it had chops. But as you correctly said, this is an actor, a versatile actor. Mm-hmm. And where you can see his versatility is in, among other things, uh, is in Jacob Jung's Lover's Tear, which is... Uh, an action drama with an action cast, including Nai Singh, Sam Hung, Lam Ching Yang, uh, Ying, and Elvis Choi as this gangster boss that um, is the, uh, uh, not boyfriend or husband, but uh, you know, he, 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 he dominates and uh, controls uh, Nina Lee's uh, mute character in Lover's mm-hmm. Tear. And along with Nina Lee and Lam Ching Ying, I think Elvis Choi walks away with the biggest, you know, praise in terms of uh, the acting. Mm-hmm. Because he is a brute force, but they do have moments where he shows humanity. And uh, it's, a, it's a recommended film. It doesn't really work to have Nai Singh, a.k.a. Colin Chow, Sounds as true. a romantic lead. <laughs> but at that time, he was not a proven actor. He was a stuntman. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to see that movie, despite uh, Lover's Tear, to see an action cast be, be directed uh, you know, as dramatic actors and in a drama by an acclaimed drama director. Jacob... I think he'd done Cage Man at this time, which is a great uh, little drama with uh, Roy Chow. And he's also the director of Battle of Wits, a.k.a. Battle of the Warriors. <laughs> the <laughs> silly retitle by Dragon Dynasty. So fuck you, Dragon Dynasty. That was silly. As uh, Mike Banner said on a prior podcast uh, when we joked about how the dialogue went uh, at Dragon Dynasty, he said, people are going to think this is a chess film. <laughs> so we gotta, we got to make it hard. <laughs> and man, it's just dumb. You know, Ro- Rob B. Hood turning to Robin B. Hood, that's mm-hmm. silly enough. But Battle of the Warriors, man. <laughs> what the hell? 
but it's available as the original title and all of that elsewhere so don't worry you don't need to get the dragon dynasty dvd essentially if you want to avoid the title altogether uh, and he has a good supporting role in full throttle dergis uh, full throttle and uh, as we talked about viva rotiga again by derek Key and lord chi lungs uh, but finally you poison free <laughs> is this wonderful comedy where he's the lead which is kind of this uh, parody of uh, a very funny movie <laughs> a forbidden city cop mm-hmm. it's a pa- more adult v- version of forbidden city cop and i i rather enjoyed that he was funny he can be a brute brute loud force but in a comedic way too right you know what i mean so um and l- latest movie uh, i think he appeared in that i know of anyway was in uh, this uh i I've written here Magazine Gap Road, but maybe it's only Gap Road. No, it is. It's Magazine Gap Road. I, right. I, I saw that film at the New York Asian Film Festival a few years ago mm-hmm. with uh, the director, Nicholas Chin, in attendance. And it's a straight-up drama, and I, I did a blog post about it. Maybe I'll, I'll link that uh, so you guys can see it. It's mm-hmm. unmemorable. He's, no, he's, he's as great as ever. He's Elvis Choi. He's a, a stoic actor. Uh, but it's it's a a, a, dra- a dramatic role. Mm-hmm. He does fine in it, but the movie is it's boring. <laughs> Damn, it's about uh, prostitution. And uh, one guy in the audience asked the question that I was thinking. Uh, he goes, uh, in a movie such as this, you know, I'm paraphrasing um, about prostitutes. Why wasn't there any nudity <laughs> or any <laughs> or any sex? And the director, if I remember correctly, he said, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I was kind of young and I was kind of embarrassed to ask them to do that. And then me, you know, like a schmuck, I, I said, boo, you know, <laughs> so, you know, everyone kind of left. But, uh, and yeah. the director jumped at you. And no, the director kind of smiled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, it's, it's not recommended, <laughs> that movie. All right. yeah. we'll, we'll move on to the actual lead in Sex and Sin, and it's not a whole lot to say about Lawrence. Mm. No, not much, not much. He's, uh, but he, he's, he's a solid enough actor, but I'll, 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 I'll let you say yeah, what you think of him. Not, there's, there really, like you said, there isn't much to say. There isn't much uh, info on him. He's uh, like a, this nebbish, nerdy-looking guy. He's not a, a, a usual leading man. I think Sex and Zen might be uh, his first, I guess, film, film-wise leading man role. I know he, he started off in, in television, mm-hmm. and where I think he's, he's worked primarily in, uh, in, in, in TV, and I think right now, I think he's, I don't think he's in the business anymore. I don't know, I may, may be uh, mistaken, but I, I did read that he's some sort of businessman, and he's uh, in, in the restaurant business. Uh, he, he apparently had a role, but probably a brief one, in the 72 Tenants of Prosperity, but okay, okay. in a New Year movie from uh, last year. Hmm. To me, he's a he's a recognizable face. I know who Lawrence Ong is, and he's done some some great work uh, in and outside of Category Three films. A few mm-hmm. Category Three films uh, for me that I think are you know at, at the high end uh, are the Underground Banker, yes, which is a fucking great, great, dark, funny movie, and uh, another one called Bloody Beast, yeah, which I'm not sure many people see. You know, I I just discovered it this year. So I, I assume it's it's, it's kind of rare. It's worth describing what his role in Underground Banker is because oh, it's a, yeah. a hilariously offensive role if you think about it. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's um, he plays Doctor Lamb. You know, he, he yeah, he he, he kind of uh, he does he does well with it too. You know, you don't you don't kind of miss Simon Yam 
playing Dr. Lane, even though, even though Simon Yam would have been cool in the part because Anthony Wong is in the film and having them play off each other would, would have been awesome, you know, better than uh, Cha Chun Yu's Awakening, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was an okay movie, but yeah, uh, yeah uh, Lawrence really fucking takes over Dr. Lamb, and he's, it's, he's a bit character in, in The Underground Banker, but uh, it works, man, he, and, and he's, he's funny, the scenes that he's in are, are extremely funny, especially the, the ending is so fucking violent. He's, you know, uh, that's, that's he, how you expect Dr. Lamb to be. It's so fucking violent, and, and, and it, oh, it was great. The, he's the new next-door neighbor of Anthony Wong's <laughs> character, which is like, holy fuck, yeah, so they are not doing this. A little revisionist history, like Dr. Lamb, you know, only was, was only sent to a site, you know, psychiatric institute and was released, and now he's, you know, thrown back into, <laughs> into society, and, uh, and he's uh, the next-door neighbor <laughs> of, of Anthony Wong. So n- nice yeah, neighbor. Yeah, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, and, and he's uh, he's ultimately a hero in the film, which is, yeah. oh my god, you're offending kind of the original movie, <laughs> the victims. The victims. <laughs> but man, is it funny to to see Doctor Lamb as a kind of a you know a superhero character? Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, yeah, it was the hero. You're right. You're right. And it's by Bosco Lamb who did mm. the Chinese torture chamber story, which uh, proves that Bosco Lamb was not a one-trick pony. No, no, he's like one of Wang Jing's lackeys, but he was, you know, one of the, one of the better ones. I would say so because it's not uh, those movies doesn't have the traits of being ghost directed by Wang Jing uh, no, kind no, of no, a no. thing. Uh, not like a Patrick Yao, Johnny Toe kind of relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? And the Underground Banker is worth seeking out. It, it, I think it's you know rare, to, uh, hard to find. I've seen the the laser disc on eBay. Uh, I don't think it was, uh, or if it was released on DVD, that's no, long gone. No, I no. As far as I don't know, uh, it might you know. It, at best, you'll find a VCD on the regular. Or VHS. Uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah. man, it's one of those... Uh, I, 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 remember li- I remember the violence, of course, but I, the most I remember was the fact that it's very funny. It is uh, very funny, very and, funny. Uh, one of those, like... It would be wonderful if they nominated him for that role. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would, I would just find that absolutely wonderful. But I... I it's this period he was active in, really, but and got a few really good movies under his belt. Mm-hmm. Again, Sex and Sen is really good. Chinese Torture Chamber story he has a lead part, supporting yeah. actor. He's a bit of an asshole in that yeah, film. Yeah. He he can play an asshole really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hail the Judge. He in the wonderful Stephen Chow comedy. Oh, uh, right. One of my favorite Stephen Chow movies. It's absolutely oh my god! It's so wonderfully silly, and he plays a. Uh, uh, Kind of the opponent, uh, enemy of uh, Stephen Chow in that movie. Uh, he's uh, like a lawyer, a smug lawyer kind of a thing. He, he fits that role very well. It's, not, it's obviously not a category-free movie, but he got a good acting part uh, in uh, Center Stage, uh, a, aka actress versus uh, Maggie Chung. He played the ex-husband of her, her character, uh, Ran Ling Yu, the real-life silent movie actress. Mm-hmm. And he he had he has this rage in him because he he uh, she leaves him, and th- th- there is a scene where that rage comes out in kind of a good subtle way because he just you know smashes his hand against glass or against the table, and it, it's really kind of frightening too when that rage comes out but not f- fully you know mm-hmm. it's a character that feels that very hard but it stops at that. And I also remember that that's you know that, that's rather good, but you you know you 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 don't blame like 
filmmakers and producers uh, who didn't, have, you know, employ him for leading man status, romantic leading man status. He wasn't mm-hmm. bound, you know, he, he wasn't on that trajectory, it seems, no. anyway. But but then again, if he'd stayed around for longer and more frequently, maybe we would have seen a development in him in that regard because uh, people change when they grow older. Uh, yeah, he can change. He can change, definitely. Ale- yeah. Alex Fong. Uh, right, you right. Know, Jetpack change when he grew older. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I do remember him a lot from those movies. And Bloody Beast is—I um, I don't remember the movie a whole lot, but I remember mm-hmm. him being, you know, the English title is where Rob Apt, you know, Bloody Beast. Right, yeah. right. I think it's a—it's a strong, strong category three entry. It's kind of like Daughter of Darkness. He's like a mm-hmm. country bumpkin, uneducated uh, a guy, and he has a really rough, deviant side, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think it's like it's a really hidden uh, or unknown gem. It's well worth uh, looking for. And I, I just found it this year. Like I said, I, I had no idea it existed, and I I really fucking dug it. Yeah. So we're we're moving on to actresses in the film that I, I don't know much about and haven't seen a whole lot of. But we'll we'll briefly mention them because they are at least one of them is extremely memorable in Sex and Sand, and it is Isabel Chow. Isabel, yeah. And uh, what, why is she memorable in Sex and Sand? In my, it's due to the raw, aggressive sexual energy that her character has, and she does that well. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And I also, I like the uh, what, what I call the, the disappearing flute scene between her and Rina Murakami. Just say 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 what it is. You know, well, it's, a, it's I, the ass-to-ass scene for fuck's it's sake. It's an ass-to-ass, but the flute, yeah, the flute disappears. <laughs> uh, where, where it goes, it's, uh, yeah, uh, wow. nobody knows, yeah. yeah we, we'll, we'll touch upon that scene a little bit uh, in the next segment, I'll, I'll promise you that, but it's uh, it's what people take away from Sex and Sand is her ass-to-ass scene in that movie. Yeah. Incredibly graphic scene for... It's, one of, it's the movie. first scene that I showed my friends. I called them over and said, gotta look at this shit, you know? So it's it is that memorable, yeah. Oh, I can imagine when you first saw saw that stuff. Whoa! Oh yeah, I knew I was onto something good. Yeah, and and you <laughs> you, you you got a like a reference movie, you know? Oh yeah. Your first movie. That's my really, first. Yeah. It's really it's really cool that you you caught that first and not a, you know, a shitty Chinese erotic ghost story five or whatever. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. Uh, but uh, she. I I've only remembered her from one other movie, and it's the movie I talked of in the first show, Hot Desire. Where she is the other leading lady against mm-hmm. uh, Chan Poi K, plays the fellow student and friend of her, and it's a you know a dress down role. She 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 didn't appear very sexy as such because it's more of a she, she plays a you know a normal girl you know mm-hmm. a, a you know young adult studying, and gets entangled in this jealousy drama essentially, and is hurt quite unfairly in in uh, Hot Desire. But good-looking woman and game in Sex and Sin. And I love women who are game. <laughs> it's uh, entirely, entirely memorable. Yeah. And uh, one reference role, it might be only be one reference role for Isabel Chow, but what a reference role. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and the final actress we're going to mention, I have no notes about her other than the fact that I've seen her in two movies, uh, Rina Murakami. <laughs> yeah. B- but I assume she is one of uh, many examples of um, Japanese actresses in uh, or, yes. or AV. AV she yeah, started out in AV and, and uh, moved over to, to Hong Kong and uh, did a couple of Category 3 films. She was a stripper as well. And I guess after her brief Category 3 stint, uh, she went back to Japan. And uh, a, just a funny, funny note I found on her. When she went back to Japan and uh, 
she she stripped <laughs> she she caused a minor scandal this is as per wikipedia and we know wikipedia is always correct so uh the uh, this minor scandal when um news leaked that she had sex with the the sultan of brunei <laughs> during his trip there in 1993 now that shit is funny <laughs> how random is that <laughs> That's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she, no, she's been in a few decent movies. She's been in um, uh, One Third Lover. Yes, she was the lead. Which is that yeah, one. cool. And Escape from Brothel. Yes. Which I, I, have, I have a few posters of, and I think she might be in one of the promotional posters I have. So maybe I'll throw that up on the blog as well for, for the, the listeners to, to look at. She probably was the second lead alongside Pauline Cham. Yeah, I believe. yeah. And um, I have come across uh, a hardcore film of hers. Well, a hardcore scene she had she had done. She was a an AV idol and did a, did a few hardcore uh, films. I guess prior to her becoming a Category Three actress. But I came across this like half hour, like softcore portfolio that's you know most actresses did back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the final scene was like a ten minute hardcore bang around where she takes it in every hole and shocked the shit out of me. Yeah, I I didn't expect it, but no yeah. yipties there. No yipties there. No, she she was good to go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we we have this example of uh, Japanese actresses in the 3D section scene as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, they they have some Taiwanese female talent in there, so it's not it's not all lost kind of right. homegrown local talents still right. are are in there, but uh, it's not easy to find many game Hong Kong actresses anymore because the, Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the market isn't very big and expansive and uh, no. it, it, it was a you know it, it was a thing of its time you know we had many many actresses that moved on to legitimate acting gigs as well mm-hmm. and I don't think we're gonna see a whole lot of that anymore I'm, I'm hoping that will be true because I would love to see the period sex movie get a get a boost again Sure. I think I think that's the sex and chopsticks and the sex and M3D will 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 do a decent job in in doing that. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always thought the sex and chopsticks movies, uh, by Cast Chin again, mm-hmm. worked pretty well. I was surprised that at the way they channeled past ideas in the new millennium. I thought they there was some amusing stuff in there, albeit yeah. done on the cheap, but still Cast Chin didn't like desperately look in the rearview mirror but he had he, he kind of had his feet in both eras and mixed them well mm-hmm. um, in my opinion and I, I like the fact that one movie was very light and the second movie was the dark aspect it's of brutal that. man yeah, yeah. very Shit. brutal uh, and that is the core aspect of uh, Jinping Mei mm-hmm. the, and I, I thought they did a good job I, I honestly did and um, so I'm hoping this, to me, unknown director of 3D Sex and Sand manages to do something with it uh, yeah. uh, outside of the gimmicky 3D, which I do look forward to. But, uh, but I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be too gimmicky and it's going to kill the, kill the movie. Yeah, it's it's not clear no. what. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll, yeah. uh, I I think I can separate you know the elements and look at them. You know what sure. worked and what didn't work. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, the, the intent is to time this episode to run about the release of 3D Sex and Sand. So. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see some views and reviews mm-hmm. of it when this episode is out as well. So uh, and uh, that we get a chance to see it on home video eventually. You and I. Yeah. Uh, so this is it for the segment. We are going to move on to finally discussing the movie <laughs> and di- di- discussing this disgusting movie, kind of. 
funny, <laughs> disgusting movie. Oh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. I'll Erotic movie, the sexy movie. Very uh, zenny movie. Yeah, sure. Wh- whatever that means. <laughs> right, though. And you, you, you'll get a taste of what this movie's like via this following uh, montage, maybe, or uh, a, f- a sentence or two from the wonderful English dub of the movie. And I'm not going to pick subtle clips. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to pick crude clips. Because so. we're not subtle, we're crude. And the movie isn't subtle uh, either. <laughs> it's unsubtle and very crude. So enjoy this little snippet, and we'll be right back. What about a dog's penis? Would that work? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Shut up. I didn't mean yours. What about an elephant's penis? Do you think that might be possible? Hmm. Yeah, too big. Hmm. So finally, the views, our views on Sex and Sand, which you can kind of gather are positive <laughs> ones, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth on this wonderful, wonderful classic movie. But the plot is as follows. Uh, scholar Yan Ching, played by Lawrence M- marries the daughter uh, of Master Iron Gate. The daughter is Chao Yin, played by Amy Yip, and Master Iron Gate is the great veteran actor Chen Feng, who is the master uh, in, of Bruce Lee's in uh, Fist of Fury, mm-hmm. of the Jin Wu, uh, Jin Wu Martial Arts School. And he wa- marries this girl for wealth and influence, essentially. And after getting past her resistance to sex, he moves on in the world. To more girls because you you can't be tied to one girl sure. this is this character's yeah. stance and uh, with his trusted servant by his side and assistance <laughs> from a thief played by law leet the great <laughs> your brother's actor law leet is in this he finds finds more ways to exercise his inner lust because he has a lot of it and Eventually, he goes one step too far by lusting for the wife of uh, Wang Chi, which is Elvis Choi's character. Mm-hmm. And the wife is apparently played by another Japanese actress called Ayukawa Mari. Or Mary. Uh, and it signals the start of downfall involving love, hatred, and lust. It's a classic little tragedy, Shakespearean tragedy, if you will. <laughs> that in between, we'll discuss why, as a horse penis <laughs> transplant scene. But we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that. So, King, Sex and Sam. W- what is it about Sex and Sam? What is it about? It um, oh. they, you know, when, when I first saw it, I, I think I may have mentioned this in the first podcast, it was something entirely strange to me because this was like a period movie with a ton of nudity in it, and I wasn't accustomed to that. You know, the period movies I, you know, would think of are like martial arts films. Mm-hmm. So... It, it kind of it, it took me back, you know. It, it shocked me a little, a little bit, and of course, I'm always on board with naked people, so uh, I, I, I dug it. And to, to to have it, you know, really funny as well was was another aspect that I I didn't expect. And uh, because I the, peer, saw, the, the period settings, you know, when you first see it, you don't spot comedy instantly when you see no, that. No, not this at looks all. Classy. Yeah, yeah, it's a drama. This must be a really heady drama. Yeah, and based right. on a book. Yeah, a long, <laughs> no, yes, a long novel, classical novel. So I was like, oh shit, I'm in for something. But uh, you know, I saw this early on, and I wasn't uh, that familiar with the actors. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, like like a Ken Chang, Lawrence. Uh, you know, I. I'd only seen Ken Chang in maybe one or two other movies before I, I saw this, so I just knew he was, him as Fatty, Fatty Chang. Yes. You know, I didn't know him as Kent yet. And um, I don't know, though. I don't know what else, what, what, what to say about, about the movie, really. It's, it's, for me, it, 
it is a a a tentpole uh, a film the the poster that you spoke of i think uh the first podcast that that wonderful poster with amy yip and isabel chow on on the horse that's central now i get it now i yeah. get why the horse is on that <laughs> And it's rather clever, actually. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But we, we, we'll actually speak a, a little bit uh, in a short, short while about the the, 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 con- the context of the horse. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I like it as, you know, I saw it recently for the first time, so I, I have a little bit of, you know, a back history of you know, watching these kind of movies. And uh, and it's soon very apparent that it's more lighthearted than and doesn't attempt to say anything of substance, despite it that like the the beats of the novel novel you know is it's about that morality, love right? hatred yeah. and lust and, sure, and the destruction sure. that that will cause you know he he has a Lawrence's character has a confrontation in both movies with a Buddhist priest mm-hmm. uh, in the early stages of the film where he argues against sack you know, that, monk his name is the sack monk <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but but he argues against the you know the chastity stance of the monk. And it's very apparent that this is going to come back to haunt him, obviously. But uh, it's it takes that serious stance, and you know you can argue it's uh, it, it has a deep theme, kind of it serious intentions. But it's mo- it's morality play. It's definitely, yeah. but it's it's satirical, which is it's it's different. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's why it's so refreshing to compare mm-hmm. these two movies, because because neither is a you know, Sex and Sin is not a remake of uh, of Who Fans film. They are different takes on the same story, and yeah. it's great to have two sides of the story, <laughs> you know, literally. And, you know, L- Lawrence's, you know, presence here, you know, cements this uh, movie's room as well, because it's the pitch-perfect portrayal of uh, this lecherous uh, scholar that he, he he's so into the role, and he has to look for the role, you know, this sleazy, lecherous look. You know, I'm into sex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but he's also very funny. And Amy Yip is very funny. And one scene you have to single out as well is that their first scene together, their first sex scene, <laughs> doesn't go the expected route. Very unerotic. Yeah. Yeah, very unerotic. <laughs> she doesn't like sex. <laughs> and she likes. He she makes it very clinical. You know, you mm-hmm. have to sedate. You have this sedative. You'll have to give me this. You'll have to sedate me. Okay, go. <laughs> and you know, you, you remember the look on his face. It's like this is not fun anymore. Right. This sucks. <laughs> this marriage sucks. And she is a wonderful comedian in this scene. Oh yeah, it's a, it's, she, a, it's a good interplay because it's it's kind of um, I don't know if it's it's meant to be this way, but it's a play on um, someone settling down into marriage yes. and now having this I guess this only one woman you're gonna have sex with for the rest of your life. And shit, is this it? Is this it? Is this my life? I have to have sex with this woman, this way, all the time for the rest of my life? And eventually he gets hurt himself. You know? <laughs> yeah. So he needs the he needs the sedative as well. Yeah. And it's you know, wow, what a start! And you know, eventually she warms up to you know the joys of sex. But he 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 has his stance. You know, I want more, d- d- despite you know having you know she has her. On his side now, mm-hmm. but but he uh, he uh, he needs to he needs to have more. And it's funny later in the film where he does get you know into bed with Isabel Chow's character. I love that the scholar doesn't like the sexual aggressiveness of her. He he thinks she's too, too much, much for him. She's a bit <laughs> more disgusting for him. He doesn't like 
he doesn't like body fluids. No. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, he, he doesn't like to <laughs> eat his own sperm in bread. I'm going to say in that bread. loud. Oh, jeez. There's uh, one of those, again, one of those, what this, this. And that was my reaction watching it for the first time so far into my, you know, my Hong Kong movie cinema f- f- fandom. Mm-hmm. This movie made my jaw drop. Good, good. And it's uh, it's due to that you know very crass humor, mm-hmm. but also like this. It, it that also goes hand in hand because it pretty much goes for it in its depiction of dynasty erotica. You know, it, it has some high flying concepts with uh, Elvis Choice kind of disturbing rape of his wife. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tough scene. It was actually censored on. Uh, on UK prints of the film, it was available on tape in the UK. But oh, part really? of that sequence where he kicks her in the stomach, yeah, that, yeah. that that that's actually cut, uh, and uh, it's not nice. I mean, that that character is an asshole, as we said. Mm-hmm. But steam factor overall is pretty high in this movie, and borderlining on hardcore porn almost at points. Mm-hmm. And it is that scene, lesbian scene with Isabel Chow and whatever actress it is, Rina Murakami. It is Rina Murakami, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, g- with a flute between them going ass to ass. Disappearing flute scene. The disappearing flute scene. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. It, it is more graphic than anything yeah. I've seen that is within the Category 3. Obviously, there, there's hardcore porn outside of the Category 3. Mm-hmm. But this was, man. They and this is 1991, this. yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing what they got away with. It, it's a great sexy little scene. Yeah, it's very and, erotic, yeah. And her, she goes for it, Isabel Chow. I was rather like, this is a game actress, sexy yeah. actress. Yeah. A bit more aggressive than maybe a few males out there would, they would have liked maybe <laughs> she to be more reserved. subtle and sedated, yeah. reserved. But man, that, that, that was an unusual, you know, role, if you will. I mean, it's it's for the lads, obviously, this scene and her role. But even but in that scene, she's wearing a, a hat. So at first, you, I guess maybe what they were going for is you, you think she's, she's a guy because mm-hmm. you don't see her long flowing hair. Yeah. So you see a man and a woman going at it, and halfway through the scene, as they're bumping and grinding, she rips the hat off and her, exposes her hair. So, yeah. you, you know, we know it's a girl, but maybe some, some people didn't, and maybe that's what they were going for. That's, that's that element of surprise that, oh, shit, there's two girls going at it. Because yeah. I guess it's, it's maybe in the, in the classical uh, uh, sense or in the novel, it's not uh, a common thing to have... Uh, a lesbian relationship mm-hmm. so I don't know maybe that, that's what they were going for yeah that's true uh, n- now that you say it uh, I remember the image of her being uh, ha- having a hat on and that mm-hmm. age old Hong Kong cinema <laughs> masquerade if you will <laughs> yeah. if you put up your hair and wear a hat then <laughs> no one will see that you're a girl but, but it's kind of a you know tongue in cheek uh, sure. uh, cliche that you go with uh, I think even 40-50 years back I think that they, they weren't like uh, confident that they hid the fact that, you know, Cheng Pei Pei and Kong Drink with me was, uh, <laughs> you know, she, uh, if I remember the movie correctly, is like uh, appears that she's a, a guy, a little yes. boy, a little yes. male, but she isn't. Uh, but that's all fun to me. But the, it's the way her reveal happens. It kind of goes hand in hand with the fact that this movie has so, so, some visual ideas and. Uh, and therefore, you have to kind of mention Peter Norse's uh, mm. colorful cinematography. Yeah, Peter played the editor in Viva Erotica and is a director in his own right, uh, director of Erotic Ghost Story 2, which was done, again, as we said before, Sex and Sand, and he got the cinematography gig. 
in Sex and Sin, and he he makes on on relatively you know medium budget film at best. He he makes these beautiful costumes and makeup and colors in the various cloths and other s- colorful set designers in the movie. It looks good. Yes, it's, it's it more vibrant good. than um, Hofan's version. Definitely yeah, exactly. more. It pops. It it really brings uh, things to life. Exactly. Uh, it's that's also wonderful to have side by side the different takes mm-hmm. on cinematography that both did well in their respective ways and uh, and uh, but. It is out there, Sex and Sand, and it embraces it. And uh, we, we have teased essentially about w- w- what the horse transplant, penis transplant scene is, but it, it's un- unavoidable to talk a little bit more about a bit bit more about it in detail because it is absolutely crazy. Oh yeah. If the ass to ass scene was graphic, this is this makes sense as part of you know the same movie as well. And this was the second scene I showed my friends when they looked at me cross-eyed, so you're fucking out of your mind, kid. <laughs> it's this, you know, in the story, as we said, this scholar, he, he, uh, his, his dick is measured by Lolit's character, and in order for him to get women, he says, you know, you, you gotta have more. Right. And they uh, are often accident where, you know, he, he, he threatens to cut, cut his penis off, he instead stabs his servant, and they go to this doctor, and there you have it, uh, a, a possibility of a transplant, and it's the beats are get the get the horse drunk, cut the it's penis perfect. off. The scene is perfect. Cut the penis off, put it on you, done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they do, but but it turns insane. He, I think this was where my jaw dropped because mm-hmm. at this point, for about and for about twenty minutes more, there are a whole lot of cock jokes. And mm-hmm. everyone is absolutely perfect and disgusting. Right. And I don't know if we, if, if we want to quote fully what the jokes are, but i got to mention one thing. The servant ends up with the horse penis in his mouth. Not <laughs> once, but twice. <laughs> one accidentally, one he's kind of forced. Forced, yeah. And, oh my god. This scene, on? for me, it's like it's one of the most memorable, memorable scenes. Um... For for me anyway, I mean, you can say like the John Woo, hard boiled, you know, teeth shootout or the hospital scene. Those are memorable scenes. For me, this is unforgettable. This this the scene. Like you mentioned, the beats. The beats are just so perfect. The comedy is just so well played throughout. You know, like uh, Ken Cheng's character. He's scared of thunderstorms and <laughs> oh man, that shit is so funny. And the scene is is maybe a, a good five ten minutes long. It's a real big chunk of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And they they have uh, Lawrence in this uh, the little uh, contraption where his Battle. head is showing, <laughs> and and his reactions towards the little uh, guillotine that uh, that is going to separate himself from his old his old old penis. His, his reactions towards that is just great. I mean, they they, they were so they, they must have had so much fun because they did so well with this scene. I don't imagine you you have a stoic and serious atmosphere on set yeah i've always wondered that like because everyone in this film they're they're like we always say they're game they're game for this stuff and how do you not crack up how do you not break the scene because everyone seems to take it seriously Mm -hmm. and it's it's an unserious scene unserious film so like i said it's it's just well very well played and very well very well staged and 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 edited and this scene is just uh, uh it's unbelievable 
and when you later have you know the class that is law lead in a scene where he wants to be convinced that he actually got uh, Lawrence got the, the the transplant he he's in a scene where he encourages you know uh, the servant to help Lawrence with his erection <laughs> and, and I mean Lolit is funny we know that but it's so wonderful to have him in this cross scene where eventually Lawrence's horse penis now horse penis gets shown to the world albeit under cloth yes and thunderstorm goes off and he's he's laughing like a maniacal you know mad scientist <laughs> I got my <laughs> and, and, and this stretch of film you know, you you have the five ten minutes uh, transplant scene, but it goes on for a good more five ten minutes because we we go into that scene, mm-hmm. and it, you know multiple multiple cock jokes and just a momentum that is rare in these movies. Yes, good good momentum. That's that's definitely definitely has momentum. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not in the English dub, but there, uh, there, there is okay there is crude crude stuff in the English dub. The, Long lasting uh, lost English dub by now, but th- there is some crude stuff in the subtitles that is mind blowing as well. That is worth worth watching the movie for as well. Uh, Amy Yip's character in 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 the story in the book and in you uh, points and misses her husband and in Ho Fan's movie it was a very kind of heartbreaking uh, character because she you know she lusts for him and loves him and wants him to come back. Amy Yip is the same. But she takes out her sorrow by writing <laughs> calligraphy uh, without util- utilizing her her hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how you should describe it. <laughs> and it's is also why Amy Yip is so fun in this movie. She yeah. she's on that kind of scene. She's game for this, and the movie is a morality play that is way out there, way out there, and it's. Is also one of the Hong Kong movies that it doesn't have full-on coherence through the movie, but uh, and is at times about individual set pieces. Yes, the little vignettes strung together. Yeah, but it's still, for me, as as a summary for me, it's like s- unique, sexy, outrageous fun from Hong Kong cinema, who who are like coming hard out of the gate early once the category three rating was established. You know, the the creative mind started. Imagining period softcore erotica within the fairly newly established category three rating, and showed us this. Right. You know, it's amazing what something adult uh, brings out of classy people, seemingly more classy people. Mm-hmm. You know, including the game cast of veterans and and, and all of that. So it, it makes this scattershot adult experience all the more meaningful. Yet not. You know, <laughs> uh, because the movie that doesn't say a whole lot of important stuff, but it's meaningful in terms of Hong Kong cinema, in the context of Hong Kong cinema, important and, simply put, classic. Right. It, it's it's uh, it's completely unstoppable for me. Uh, it, it's uh, it's. I'd imagine it ages well. It, it has aged well. I mean, you saw it way before me, so, so I imagine this has not. Yeah, I, I recently put it on, and uh, I actually with watched with uh, with my fiance. <laughs> I, oh. I showed her this this film, and uh, she dug it. She's not into you know the category three thing, but you know she she said you know I'd rather see you know TNA than buckets of blood. So, mm-hmm. 
So she, yeah, she, she thought it was pretty funny. She, she, uh, she giggled throughout the movie. So it, it's, it's, it still works for me. I think it's a great movie. It's a shame, though, that uh, I, I mentioned the English dub, and you've heard extracts from the English dub throughout the show. It, it's on the German DVD, the, the original dub, uh, which is now basically replaced whenever an English dub appears of the movie. It's the Fortune Star newly done dub, which is probably done fairly recently when the remaster was done. The, the, this movie is available in Hong Kong on DVD and also in America on DVD. So it's uh, thankfully one of those movies that we discussed uh, tonight that you know it isn't rare, but the the dub is amazing. It has none of the familiar voices from the old Golden Harvest flicks or what have you. It has claw a lot more narration over over scenes, uh, you know, replacing boring dialogue. They just explain what the scenes are. During, for instance, the confrontation with the monk at the beginning, the na- narrator essentially talks of what happens in this scene, and you think to yourself, "This guy, this guy is good," but the rest of the dub is probably pretty, you know, standard in terms of Hong Kong dubs, mm-hmm. uh, export dubs. But I was so wrong. <laughs> they must have employed some crazy-ass talented people for this because it's hilarious. It's not hilarious because it's performed in a cheesy way. It's actually performed well. They took this very funny and out there movie and made it work even better for me anyway in English. It's I I was very very amazed uh, of you know about the effort put forth here, rare effort. Yeah. And it really did justice to it rather than one being one of 20 dubs that they did that day. It sounds mm-hmm. like they sat down with it, had time to sit down with it and find some pe- people that could put emphasis on words and infliction where it should be and could be on board with the crude nature of sex and so. Mm-hmm. So it, it's as crude as the movie, <laughs> really. Right. Uh, it sounds like the, the dubbers were as game as the actors were. They took it seriously. Pretty much, yeah. That's and, uh, great. That's cool. It might sound a bit too modern at times. A bit, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they use slang or anything, but it didn't sound very period, period dynasty-ish at times. But uh, that all adds to the fun, you know. Uh, <laughs> so the German DVD of Sex and Sen, which has original language and English subtitles as well, that is firmly recommended so, you, so that you can get those two experiences, the original experience and the English dub experience, which is very, very well worth it. And I think I think I stick with this dub. And I normally don't say that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, pe- people always say, oh, the drunken master dub is classic. And why? Well, yeah, it's fun, but it's nothing that I was, that made me want to watch it 20 times right. uh, more rather than, you know, the Cantonese track. This was one of the cases where I'll choose it over, re- original language. Oh, that, that is rare. That's rare. Very rare, and uh, also very rare to hear an English dub for this kind of movie because they didn't go on export uh, as such uh, very often. I mean, it, it is a Golden Harvest movie, uh, <clears throat> so no wonder they did a dub, but you didn't see an export dub on, for instance, Erotic Ghost Story 3 or anything like that. <clears throat> they, they were kept to Hong Kong, uh, kept within the confines <laughs> of <laughs> Hong Kong. But man, uh, uh, it, it's a crazy-ass morality tale that might not re- it may not resonate as much as uh, you poets and 
too does it at the end, but it really doesn't matter if it resonates or not. It's just absolutely perfect. Yeah. And uh, and uh, one that you should, you know, if people want to see, you know, a period dynasty movie where they have sex, can you recommend one? <laughs> sex and Sand and the Chinese Torture Chamber Story 2. <laughs> and this one's funny, yeah, too. Yeah, sorry, uh, the first, uh, first one. So th- this one's it's comedy, which is, it's like a double whammy. It's not just a period film. It's a period sex comedy. Yes. Yeah. So I, is this like one of the first period sex comedies? I'm sure Shaw Brothers had to do, you know, something in that. Yeah. In that yeah. Genre. Yeah. Probably. I, I I gather that they probably did a little bit more of the modern day sex comedies than anything else. I, I couldn't yeah. find much on on like the costume. Yeah. Thing. Me neither. Me neither. So I'm thinking like this is like uh, uh, one of the first, mm. or maybe one, I know I say a new wave or. Yeah. This this might be like the the drunken master. You know how that added, <laughs> how added comedy to to kung fu. This is you know adds sex and comedy to period piece. Or Robert it may be the first that you know ignited the sure. genre. You know, sure, because, that, that's, uh, that's, that's because that's Drunken uh, Master is such a case. Uh, I think so, and still works in 2011 despite mm-hmm. being 20 years old. And yeah. uh, 3D Sex and Sun has a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a classic. This is. And it's worthy of being a classic. Mm. And even if you're not a Category 3 fan and it's just a Hong Kong cinema fan, you have to see this movie. Yeah. Uh. Be prepared for horse penises in mouth jokes. <laughs> Twice! Silly. Yeah, visual. <laughs> That's a good way to put an exclamation mark and a period and a dot, dot, dot to that discussion. I, I don't know. Uh, so... We'll end the discussion on Sex and Sand, but as usual, this is relaxing, but we're going to relax a bit more and just talk about a random, sleazy, messed up movie, whatever whatever it is. We I don't know what King has in store. I know what I have in store. So we'll talk about last sleaze, sleazy movies watched after the final English dub extract. As you can see, the operation was successful. Now I can compete with a silk merchant. <laughs> you may be a fool, but you've got courage. You're truly a man after my own heart. It'll be an honor to work for you. Please, show me how it looks with a gigantic erection. Sure. I'm anxious to see it myself. Ah, the pictures. Here. So finally, for this episode, last sleazy movies watched. We shall know you all love and look forward to. <laughs> I know that. Don't ask me how, I just do. So, I'll let King go first. What was the last sleazy movie you watched? All right, this one might be kind of a, a brief review as my uh, last sleazy movie watched. It really didn't have a strong plot, just a, a few sex vignettes that kind of flimsily connected to each other, which I, which is uh, it's good. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, it does, however, star the wonderful triumvirate of Charlie Cho, Lee Chung Ling, and huh. Stuart Ong. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, the the three. Um, Mighty Coxman of early <laughs> 90s Category 3 cinema. So uh, it also stars uh, a, a minor, minor Coxman of the 90s uh, Category 3 uh, outburst. Um, uh, you might be familiar with him. Maybe not on name, but Chan Kinyat. He's a short, spiky-haired, nerdy guy with round-frame glasses. He usually bangs a bunch of Category 3, three uh, starlets that are way out of his league. If you see him, you know you'll definitely know because he's in a ton of these Category Three films. And um, there's also another actor who I think he was in old uh, in old kung fu films, uh, old martial arts films, and he has the best name ever, Mang Dingo. 
<laughs> which is of course resembles the name Mandingo. Yeah, and so, I, I, yeah. the name so, rings a bell, but uh, yeah, yeah. So else. when you when you see that guy's name, you think of a big African American penis, <laughs> just like the one they showed in Sections and Three. Apparently, you do. Uh, oh well, Mandingo is not it's synonymous with a big, bulking African American male. Anyway, and and the movie is called. This movie is called Escort Service. I found it under the title Escort Service. Um, you'll find it on the databases and the internet under its literal Chinese translation, which is West Big Heaven King. Hmm. And it's a 1993 film, and it was a wonderful year for Category 3 films. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to start off, um, when the Chinese title appears on the screen, it's accompanied by a Category 3 symbol. Oh, so, fuck yeah, no. Shit. You know, that's just fucking cool. You know, so you know you're in for uh, a bit of a treat. Like I said, the the, the outline of, of the plot, is it's really crappy. It's really shit. And uh, Charlie Cho runs an escort service that caters to both men and women. And the business isn't doing too well, so <laughs> Cho decides to strike out and make a nudie magazine to kind of drum up business. So, <laughs> so that, that's pretty much the entire plot. And there's really not much to it. You know, there are a ton of extended scenes where, you know, Cho takes nudie pictures of, of his girls and he bangs a couple of them. I mean, you know, he's probably the casting director. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In the movie. Yeah. So uh, there's an extended scene where he just teaches a bunch of his girls the finer points of being a whore. And uh, really, that's pretty much the heart of the story. They're just little, you know, these tiny sex vignettes strung together to, like, flesh out a 90-minute movie. I think it's like 95 minutes, you know. Whoa. It's, it's Yeah, it's way too Epic. long. Yeah, yeah, it's way too long because it, it's really not a coherent plot. And um, there's just these loosely related extended sex scenes strung together to make a, a whole movie. And then that's the, the story in like the last half hour. Is kind of, uh, it's abandoned in favor of pleasing one of Charlie's female um, Guaylo clients, and her name is Linda. Mm-hmm. And that's the last half hour is just trying to please this, this, uh, this client. And all it is, is it's, it's pretty much sex and nudity, Charlie chose pubic hair, and fade to black. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just it's like long extended sex scenes, which I, I, I enjoy sometimes, but sometimes, like we mentioned last time, it's sometimes too, too much. And uh, this, this film you know, is, was a little bit too much, but um, it's an adult sex comedy, I should mention, and you know, there's plenty of both sex and comedy to go around. And uh, what was quite funny to me anyway, was the really broad characterization of Charlie Cho's stable of male gigolos mm. because his male gigolos were Lee Chung Ling, Meng Dingo, and Stuart Ong, <laughs> who are all um, these, usually, they usually play these male uh, dominated roles in Category 3 films. They're always banging, you know, chicks. They're, and, and here they're playing very stereotypical flamboyant homosexuals. So to me, it's kind of it was kind of cool to see that they they played the opposite end of the spectrum of their of their normal character. I mean, for once, uh, Stuart Ong wasn't vicious and uh, performing necrophilia or any oh, ungodly no. stuff we... because Stuart really went for it and appeared in that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, and more it, than it, it... once, and apparently more than willingly. Oh yeah, and and this he's he's as gay as the day is long. Wow. And uh, it was it was it's funny to see that you know because you and I you know are familiar with these actors so to see him in a, and uh, Lee Chung Ling in an a entirely different role I mean still a sexually charged role mm-hmm. but the opposite sex 
It's, and, char- uh, it's character acting <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and the females in the in the film aren't really that well known, except for for one. I think um, you you know her. She was in Hot Desire. Her name is uh, Nam Yan. Oh yeah, that uh, useless but sexy scene in Hot Desire that has nothing to do with anything. Right. Just an excuse right. to get her into it and ten minutes of film into it. <laughs> sex, right. Sex scene. So I've seen I've seen actually with this film I've kind of completed her filmography. <laughs> Really? So I put that baby to bed. Yeah. So she was. She was also in one of our favorite movies, The Legend of an Erotic Movie Star, which is also titled Ken. The The Led Again of Erotic Movie Star. I mean, yeah. it, it, it doesn't really matter what it is after Led Again. That's that's absolutely great. Yeah. And that, the, that's le- a, the Led Again of Erotic Movie Star. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a fun movie. And uh, she's one of these actresses that we talk about being being game. You know, she's not afraid to um, to be naked at all and be, you know, act silly and, and out of out of control while while naked. Mm-hmm. And she's not, you know, traditionally, you know, classically attractive, I, I should say. And I don't want to be, be mean, you know, because I I really I really uh, uh, dig her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a few scenes that I would like to, to point out. Um, they just they just have to be mentioned. And the, the first, this uh, the Squilo client that I was that I mentioned earlier, Linda, she requests Charlie's services, and Charlie brings along his wife to her hotel room. And Charlie's wife is part is, is one of the hookers in his in his stable. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he bangs her a ton of times in, in the film. So they walk into Linda's hotel room, and Linda is like fucking nasal septum deep in coke. She's snorting coke, whatever reason. <laughs> so that that's funny. So anyway, Cho is showing off his wife's skills, and Cho's wife. She, she takes one of those classic Coke bottles, the glass ones, and she twists the top off with her vagina. I guess, you know, to show her, her prowess, her, her, her mastery of, of, of being a whore. So then her and Linda go at it. <laughs> Cho watches and films while, they, while they're banging. And the scene ends with the girls shooting water guns at each other and getting into one of those feathers all over the fucking place pillow fights. Huh. And then, then, out of, out of the blue... Charlie Cho takes these two big, big chunks of of tofu, these two big cubes of tofu, one in each hand, squishes them, and just chucks them all over Linda's tits. And <laughs> end of scene. Credits. That's it. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's fucking strange, and it's it's awesome. It is awesome. Sounds tofu like comes a... out of nowhere. We're, they're in a hotel room, and he whips out tofu. Because he's Charlie Cho. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. And uh, the, the final 15 minutes is another extended situational type sex vignette and it's it's an endurance test man this is this is crazy stuff so after the previous scene you know when when linda has the nasty bean curd on her tits uh she's still unsatisfied so cho then sets her up with all these men from his his straight gigolo stable (laughs) but all these men they fail to show up so cho has no choice but to enlist all of his gay studs you know lee chung ling meng dingo Stuart ong and a bunch of their gay buddies to try and satisfy Linda. <laughs> so there's, uh, there's eight guys in total, and they all separately, one after the other, have a go at Linda. And there's like a, a sitting room, and then Linda's in the bedroom. So one by one, they go in, and before sexing you know, Linda up, they, they, they announce to the camera their sexual specialty. Like one guy will exclaim, super tongue. And another guy yells out, African leopard. And another, another guy yells out, monkey stance. And they all then proceed to do their monkey stance, African leopard, or super tongue move on Linda. So this goes on through eight different guys, and none of them satisfy her. 
So, yeah. And another crazy part of the scene is as each of these guys kind of peel away from Linda, they go back to the sitting room where they then <laughs> try to gang rape one of Charlie Cho's straight male business partners. What the hell? Oh, I'm telling you, Ken, this is fucking crazy. But they go so far as to strip this guy down bare ass. And then, <laughs> blowing my mind, we get to see Lee Chung Ling and Stuart Ong feign, like, taking their wieners out of their pants and thrusting up the guy's ass. <laughs> Ken, this is absolutely nuts. I <laughs> want <you>. nuts. <laughs> you will love this film. So, so Linda is still unsatisfied. So, of course, enter our man about town, Charlie Cho. So Charlie, Dirty Charlie, he has an idea, and he also has a sexual stance of his own, and he proclaims to the camera, shooting together! <laughs> and, last, and, the, and you can just imagine, the last few seconds of the film show all eight gigolos, now including Charlie, which, which makes nine, and some kind of sexual activity with, with Linda, and it's like very kind of homoerotic, because this is, this is a fucking gangbang scene right here. <laughs> and it's only like five seconds long, and it's a shot, of all the males buck naked, Linda has a hand on one guy, on each guy's penis, a foot on each guy's wiener, two guys going at it on her boobs, one guy underneath her, Charlie Cho having sex with her, and then there's another guy riding the girl's abdomen, and Charlie and with, and Charlie Cho is hugging that guy, <laughs> and they're all just banging this girl for like five seconds before a freeze frame, cut to credits. Credits. <laughs> It is unbelievable, Ken. It's and, you know, this, this wasn't very... The first time I, yeah, this wasn't the first time I've seen Charlie Cho kind of go both ways, you know. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm working on uh, kind of mentioning, uh, maybe in one of my last sleazy movies watched, uh, the film Lan Kwai Fong Swingers, where Charlie really takes it to another level in his uh -huh. bisexuality in, in, <laughs> in film. Intriguing. But uh, that Lan Kwai Fong Swingers, that's, that's a fucking doozy. But, uh, yeah, this one, uh, East Escort Service. Uh, that's the title I found it on. I think you can find it online. So Ken, Ken, look for it. I'm telling you, because this is this now, is definitely now, a, a rare one. Now, I want it now. Now, yeah, this is definitely a rare one. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a DVD, a VCD, a VHS, a laser disc. I haven't seen anything, you know, on this on this uh, this film. So uh, uh, this and, is and, recommended. And it was subtitled, yeah, even though it might not matter. But oh, it was subtitled, yeah, yeah. And actually, right. there's a there's a really good subtitle. I put the the freeze frame of the subtitle up on the Facebook page, the Hong Kong subtitle Facebook page, uh -huh. where. Uh, the, the, the scene is um, Charlie Cho's wife is going down on him, and she stops and looks up to him and says, your dick tastes like hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> to which, uh, to which he replies? I, I don't, he just had a face, you know, one of those Charlie right. Cho faces, you know. On, it's this is a, a, cinema is visual. <laughs> That's highly recommended, Ken. This is just a great, great, uh, fun, fun movie. Fun movie. You you have a knack of selling movies very well, and uh, oh, even no, though no. Uh, <laughs> even though it's not deceptive at all, I'm not saying that. But uh, man, it sounds mega busy. It is. It is. It's it's crazy. It's it's nonsensical. Like I said, the plot uh, the, it serves no purpose for anything. None, none of the scenes serve any any type of purpose. They're just sex vignettes strung together to oh. pad out a 95 minute movie to make money on naked people. And 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 the. Final and the finale, like that, that very busy finale, probably shot in a very boring motel or hotel room, but featuring all of that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I bet it's not a visually interesting movie at all. No, not at all, not at all. You, you <laughs> get what you, you get, you get what you paid for. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whew. 
how can I top that? How can I top that? Uh, the, the only way I can top that is the fact that uh, no one probably heard of this movie that I'm going to talk of. And it's possibly the greatest movie ever. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Disco Sex Fever. Ah! <laughs> uh, very rare. Early 80s. And no one who is known to me is in this movie. Way before Charlie Cho times, if you will. Uh, right, so it's it seems to be the brainchild of John Chan, who's the director, writer, producer, uh, probably is, is the star, but I don't know really because there's no extensive cast info. But he, he, he's all over it, uh, John Chan. Uh, so that fact is muddled, but there's no muddled cloud hovering over his intentions. Oh no. <laughs> Alright, so it's essentially the story of uh, rich boy George. He comes to Hong Kong and has an assistant there, male assistant, w- waiting for him there to set up him with various encounters with uh, of the sexual kind. Obviously, you know, he, he's, he's there, he's going to spend some money and he needs someone to assist him. Fair enough. And uh, Disco Sex Fever is rather, you know, a title that doesn't really uh, fit the movie. Sex Fever would have been enough. There's two <laughs> disco scenes and you, you, you get a taste of it early. First, there's boring shots of Hong Kong streets. Then it cuts to a very boring, static one-shot one shot of disco dancing in a very like very poorly designed disco dancing floor you know what i mean it looks like a gymnasium that they just put some <laughs> lights in the roof you know it looks embarrassing and it is boring static shot gets really cool uh, when the women take their clothes off they Dance, they dance, they dance, they dance, and we're taking our clothes off. We dance, we dance, we dance, <laughs> and therefore this shot can go on forever. Stay with it, stay with it. They just and this is briefly after the opening credits. It's before this story kicks in, you know. And it's like, okay, I know what you're doing, John Chan, but he's not satisfied with the disco dancing. He cuts to a fairly long. Uh, kind of sexy striptease uh, with a uh, western girl and it's like okay okay yeah it's it's club life in hong kong okay it that's established she keeps on stripping okay i'm with it i'm with it 15 minutes into my movie this is what we're getting and eventually you know george comes to hong kong and then you know does his tour of hong kong and it's it's done on the cheap, obviously. It has no intentions whatsoever. It has no. It says absolutely nothing, uh, even though it has a minor plot device. I'm, I'm going to speak of that uh, shortly. But his different sightseeing. You know, he goes to clubs. Obviously, he says, "I want a celebrity." He apparently gets a celebrity in bed. He visits a, <laughs> you know, give me. <laughs> he visits a French. Uh, artist played by uh, uh, male artist who uses naked women as uh, his paintbrush brushes if you will <laughs> a very pretentious you know artist and you know he's looking at that and uh, therefore the that uh, Frenchman wants to sell him that painting and I was like fuck no that that artist shit I want your brushes 
you know, he, he wants to buy his paintbrushes. He, yeah, she says that in the subtitles. And the, on the movie goes, and then it turns really puzzling. Uh, it, it turns puzzling in between certain scenes because he he's having sex on a beach, presumably, but it takes place on this stage that is very sparsely decorated. You know, it has a tree there. And then it cuts to water in daylight, although the stage is dark. And it's this arty, strange touch that I don't know what it's... You know, it's not it's not done that way just because they couldn't afford a set. It's clearly an, uh, this weird arty touch mm-hmm. that is just strange. But you notice it. It's uh, And you're kind of bored with the movie because it's kind of all over the place as well. And there's some, you know, I talked about the cutaway to water, and there's some brilliant other cutaways in the film because the, these two men, the assistant and George, obviously are not good men. They, one scene they talk about the assistant anyway, that, you know, <laughs> flirting with women or picking up women is like driving on a very twisty, turny road. And while he talks about that, they, in a very pretentious touch, cut to you know, a, a POV shot from inside a car, if you will, mm-hmm. driving on a twisty, turny road. <laughs> Ooh, symbolism! <laughs> you know, uh, and, and on it goes. He picks up uh, girls on planes and uh, boats and uh, finds the uh, models to have sex with. And it's puzzling, very entertaining, and despite a lack of intention with John Chan's intention, you know, there's there's nothing said here. It has the light spirit about it that that doesn't bore. Frankly, it's not boring at all. It's just, man, this is this is bad. But you know, it wears its intention on its intentions on its sleeve, really. And its title, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's one more disco scene later on in the film that essentially is the same, and 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 the minor plot devices is essentially. After a while, the various encounters, he has a lot of them, they uh, backfire on him. Mm. So it, 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 maybe it's a morality play at heart. That, that was John <laughs> Chan's intentions, but it, it's good fun. It really is good fun. And uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. Disco sex fever. Early 80s, way before Category 3, and Charlie Cho and Stuart Ong. And kind of fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out, definitely. Yeah. Do have it, so... Uh, uh, you you you'll get it, you'll you get it, and uh, we'll sell it probably way better than uh, I ever could on this show. Oh no no no! <laughs> <laughs> right though, so that concludes the Sex and Sen special, Sex and Sen Lost Lizzie movies watched special. So hope you enjoyed it, and again contact information on the Podcast on Fire network. We have the website podcastonfire.com. You can email the show at podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Check us out on the forum. You'll find some exclusive members-only content, uh, hours of it, really, by, uh, by this point on the forum, which is podcastonfire.com slash forum. We're on Facebook. I forgot to mention that uh, early on. Just type in Podcast on Fire Network in the search box, and you'll see our fan page. And my two sites where I write is sogoodreviews.com. I put up my video reviews on sleazykvideo.com. And your space... Is. All right, you can find my Hong Kong movie junk 
at Bullets Over Chinatown at in the mood for guaylo.blogspot.com. Guaylo is spelled G-W-A-I-L-O. And that firmly concludes. And I'm going <laughs> to make like a demand on ourselves right now and promise something for episode four. Oh, geez. All right. Let's do Naked Killer next time. All right. That sounds good. And it's now on wax, so we can't <laughs> we can't uh, we can't back out now or I'll just we, dub we in something else yeah, yeah sure. exactly let's do insert insert whatever movie you like next time okay alright Naked Killer I'm game yeah. that's good and that's it so I've been one of your hosts this is Lisa K and I'm King Who see you next time <laughs>